Tune in to the Neil Prenderville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. The amount of countries now across the world, indeed across Europe, that are being ravaged by fire. The mail this morning, and we know about uh, America and indeed Canada and Greece and Turkey and Italy. And now you can add Spain to the list with fires ravaging across uh, Europe and 47 degrees being reported in Spain. And they've got photographs of uh, uh, fairly wild fires in the tabloids this morning. Papers also today talk of people overseas desperate to get home. I'm speaking, of course, of Australia in particular. Because Americans can come here, but we can't go there. Uh, Australians, uh, of course, are cut off from much of the world and have been for quite some time. But Cork families living in Oz, sharing their heartbreak in the echo today over not being able to visit loved ones at, at home. I mean, you can't. I mean, there are restrictions. And, you know, there's a story with one woman whose parents are yet to meet her son, describing how these are the days that she cries when she sees children with their grandparents. Um, I'll come back to that story a little later on because it's the front page of Making the Echo. Uh, but the other forms of type, you could call it kind of discrimination, or you could call it good health practice, depending on, I suppose, a lot of the time which camp you're in. But uh, performing arts are being discriminated against, and those within it firmly believe that. And they had protests yesterday, and we had dancers and actors and musicians and students and those that were supporting uh, their uh, their plight at the Opera House yesterday and also on Patrick Street at Bron Thomas. And they put on some fantastic shows as well from members of the performing arts. It was a silent protest outside Cork Opera House yesterday. Um, it's a story that makes this morning's uh, echo and I know that uh, Jamie O'Hara was down there and I'll have some audio from that a little later on at both of those get-togethers and those discriminatory, um, anti-discrimination protests. But thousands now are in what they call a holiday hell, according to the Mail, uh, with up to 500 people a day being told to isolate uh, COVID cases on 30 flights daily. And the HSE dealing with positive cases on up to 50 flights a day. I didn't even know there was 50 flights going in and out of Ireland, but there you have it. Thousands of holidaymakers being forced to isolate every week as fellow passengers, or indeed a passenger, might test positive on an airplane. And then you get pinged and you get contact traced. Uh, so it's a front pager making the mail today. And they talk of, of long COVID in the mirror this morning. And blood clotting, um, and that may be the root cause of the symptom or the syndrome, I should say, known as long COVID. They have more research out this morning talking about those. And God knows I've spoken with enough people over the past few weeks who, um, you know, got COVID back in January and February and are still living with the medical consequences of it. But Kabul and indeed Afghanistan make many of the newspapers as people. It's such a beautiful country. It's so sad. It's one of those countries that all of us should want and love to visit at some stage in our lives. But of course, for so many years now, 20, 30 years, and it's been unsafe to do so, apart from those wonderful medics who are there working, doctors and, and nurses and NGOs and people working for charitable organizations. Fleeing hell is a story making the star this morning. Uh, and it's awful to see the video footage. Uh, not that I've seen it, but I've seen people refer to it, of people literally falling from the skies uh, some of them climbing into the uh, wheel wells of airplanes and when the planes take off, literally falling from them. Um, of course, Biden was on TV last night. Uh, he says he has no regrets. That was never there. It was never the purpose of America uh, or indeed the UK, I suppose, to, or the French or whomever to go into Afghanistan uh, to impose a new regime or law and order. The idea that they went in the first day, he says, was to make sure that nobody coming out of Afghanistan could ever threaten the homeland. 
as in the United States. He says we've achieved that uh, and moved on. But those that are there, particularly Irish aid workers, are saying they won't leave um, because Afghan uh, people need them. Um, and uh, this is a big, big problem now for Afghanistani women and young girls. And perhaps more on that a little later on this morning. But back on, on Lee's side, of course, we have uh, always reported on stories of illegal dumping. It's much easier to do it now because of smartphone technology and people send many, many photographs. So the illegal dumping that features in the Echo this morning is in the Blackpool area, Thomas Davis Street. Um, uh, waste items, you know, including, uh, you know, domestic waste and all sorts of stuff and black bags and people who just won't do it properly. But right alongside them, bed frames and mattresses. So that's one of the reasons why Fiona Ryan, the uh, councillor on side says that um, really and truly City Council need to take back waste collection 100%, which would mean that everything would always be collected. It used to be that a long, long time ago, but of course it was privatised and then people literally had the option. I mean, you had the option then when it's privatised as to have your refuse collected or not. And if you didn't, then you had the section of them who, of course, discarded it illegally. And then uh, another local uh, politician, but this time um, one of our TDs, Sinn Féin's uh, Thomas Gould, makes the mirror this morning because he's honing in on a Sinn Féin bill today that would uh, change the rules with regards to advertising for gambling, particularly for young people. And also free bets would be made illegal. He says that regulations in Ireland with regards to gambling, particularly advertising of it, is in the dark ages. And he says people can easily pick up their phone, place a bet through an app on their mobile within minutes. And it means that up to 3,000 children aged 15 to 16 in Ireland now have a gambling problem. Imagine that. 3,000 that they know of aged 15 to 16 in Ireland with a gambling um, problem. The apps are designed to look like computer games and it's very attractive to younger people. Wally the Walrus continues to make the papers. Owen English says that uh, he's going to get a floating couch now. So he'll stop uh, wrecking boats and taking his rests on other people's boats and damaging them and capsizing them. So Wally the Walrus is set to get this new sinking, uh, sorry, (laughs) anti-sinking, I suppose, floating couch in an effort to prevent him from sinking boats. And that's a story in detail in this morning's uh, examiner. But the best story on Lisa this morning has got to be the Lord Mayor, Colin Kelleher, who wrote to his equivalent, the Lord Mayor of Limerick, Daniel Butler, asking him to bring the Liam McCarthy Cup to Croke Park on Sunday for collection for its rightful return home to Leaside. He says, I believe you have something (laughs) I believe that you have something that belongs to us. (laughs) So I'll read out the entire letter a little later on this morning. Papers also talk today uh, and you may have heard this story breaking overnight uh, of uh, Bob Dylan being accused of sexually abusing a 12 year old girl in his apartment in the Chelsea Hotel more than 50 years ago. The woman involved is 68 years old now. She says and alleges it happened in 1965 and that Dylan allegedly gave the girl drugs and alcohol at his apartment in New York. For those that have been wondering, why did she wait so long to come forward? Not a fair question, really. I mean, the other question is to whether or not somebody accused should be named before a court case. But apparently the law has changed now in America for historic cases like uh, sexual abuse of, of children, where there is no time limit, no time limit. Uh, so, of course, Dylan and his team... Um, vigorously denied that it ever happened and they say they will be defending it. Uh, and then a fellow who uh, defended his right to slap a cow makes the papers today. He was uh, up, he brought a case for unfair dismissal. He was actually given 500 euro 
uh, payout um, because the, the his sacking was deemed to be unfair. But what was the story about it? Was a fellow working um, accused of mistreating a cow in a milking parlour. So he got 500 for being sacked. He said that he only gave the cow a slap to move it along. Uh, and he slapped the cow, he claimed, because the cow had kicked and crushed his, his father, who was also an employee. The father and son were milking cows on the farm's milking parlour in 2020. I'm not 100% sure who saw the slap. I suppose you'd have to read the whole case with that regard. But he was sacked and got €500 Euro for his troubles. And talking about money, apparently the male have calculated how much all of us are actually worth. Apparently, uh, when you add us all up and divide us all equally, we're worth €177,500. How do you do that? You add up everybody's savings. You add up everybody's shares. You add up everybody's value of property. You take out the amount of money you borrowed and then you divide it. It comes up to 883 billion divided by the total population. So if you haven't got 177,500, what's going on? And one story, um, there's one or two actually wonderful stories with regard to, to wealthy people. Do I have time? Okay, I'll just do one of them now and more later on. This is to do with Sting. Uh, and he makes the uh, Irish Independent today. He bought a vineyard in Tuscany, right, from an aristocrat. Uh, and when he was going around wondering whether or not he'd spend the money, I think it was something in the in the region of three, maybe four, maybe five million to buy it. It was a ramshackle one. But when he was contemplating as to whether he wanted to be a grape grower and, and a winemaker, he was walking around the vineyard with the owner, this aristocratic Tuscany chap. Uh, and your man says, would you like to taste the wine? So Sting and his wife tasted the wine unbeknownst to him. The Duke asked me if I wanted to taste a wine produced on the estate. And I said, yes. And I did. It was an excellent wine that convinced me to buy the vineyards as well. It was only later that we found out that the Duke had served us Barola and not his own wine. So eventually uh, Sting bought the actual estate, started to grow the grapes or continued to do so and bottling wine. But he said, when we served the wine from the estate to our guests, I saw that someone was emptying their glass into the flower bed. I mean, how many people have done that in the past? It reminds you of the stories of years and years ago, uh, when you'd go visiting, um, you know, relations or grandparents or aunts or grand-aunts and the things that they'd give you that you didn't like, you know, that you'd put in your pocket. I remember somebody telling me that they had a grand-aunt and would often visit and she would give them sherry. <laughs> Not everybody's cup of tea. Now, what you do with the sherry? Probably the potted plant, I'd say. The Neil Prenderville Show. Just squeeze this one in because it's very quick. It's a story in the Star this morning. Uh, James Bond, Daniel Craig. He says he's not going to leave his children anything. No matter how many millions he's earned or has in the bank account, he ain't leaving it to his children. But hold on a second. He's not being Scrooge-like. He says that it's distasteful to leave money in an inheritance. And he said, I don't want to leave great sums to the next generation. My philosophy is get rid of it. Or give it away before you go. And I've always thought that that makes a lot more sense. You know, particularly giving it to people when they need it most. Not when they're well and truly established themselves and you die and you leave money. Give it to them when they need it. Love that story. Fair play to Daniel Craig. Lines open at one 850 You can text 0868 I got um, a letter in yesterday. It was one of those letters that you just sit down and read from top to bottom but it was also um, attached to a lot uh, and I mean an awful lot of photocopies of match tickets from down over the years I am of course talking about Cork um, and I am talking about a girl who is desperate to get her hands on a couple of tickets for the hurling but she put so much effort into it 
that I said, I got to get Vera McGrath on the air. I don't know if I'd have any luck getting her a ticket or two, but we got to chat about this because she went to such an effort. Um, and she joins me by phone. Vera, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm grand. You went to such <laughs> effort with the photocopying. First of all, all of the ticket stubs and the print-offs that you sent me, yeah. and there are dozens of them. Are they all hurling? They're not. So I said I'd throw in a few camogie and maybe football and football tickets in just to be gender neutral because obviously I support Cork as a whole, but obviously at curling, and I'm I'm looking for her in this occasion. But um, yeah, I know. I actually have. I have more tickets than that, but I say I said I'd save on postage meals. So, um, <laughs> you sent me enough to be getting on with. You, you sent me enough to convince me that you are, um, you have a fanatical obsession with yes. Cork GAA. Yeah. Where did you yeah. get that from? Um, I would say that I was down in Parky Cleave in 1990 and my mother placed me in Sam McGuire, you know, when the public could go and take pictures of the cup. And uh, Wasn't that the year of the double, wasn't it? The double, yeah, and then throughout the 90s, you know, I brought to matches, um, but I don't really remember them, I was too small. And then in 99, man bought me an Eastat Digiphone, Cork jersey, and Brian Corcoran came to our school, and it all kicked off from there. Like, oh. that, that was the moment. Like, talk about being influenced by, you know, uh, players visiting schools and things like that, and, you know, and getting people excited. And it, ever since 99, it's, it's just kicked off from there, really. So and it worked I, for like, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and I've, I just... I've just been collecting tickets since then and I was just saying to you that like in the past few years they've all gone electronic and they've gone very impersonal and you know I, I'm they're harder to, to collect and keep now and this year they were all QR codes so I know yeah we went from physical stuff, tickets so. to printouts to QR yeah. codes and you know of all of the tickets that you have including all yeah. of them the printouts the QR codes everything yeah. what's your what's your favourite? Um, uh, I, I think Munster final day is the most special day of the year. I think, you know, going up to Perlis, getting the train, walking into, you know, the square, in pages for the Carvery, Point of Bummers, in our Corvette for one, over the bridge, just the Tenton building. And 2003, um, when we played Waterford and we were down by five points at half time, and I was up, there was a gang of us, like IQ that year for, I think, three hours to get a Waterford terrace ticket. And there was about 25 of us bunched together in the Waterford stand. And I think there was like 53,000 supporters there that day. Like, it was, like, like maybe beyond capacity. And um, we were down by five points at half time, And that was the day, um, like, we came back, we beat them by four. Alan Brown was captain. And it was just such a special day. Like, it just kicked off after we reached the All-Ireland that year, that year as well. And oh, my God, you should be momentum. a sp- you should be a sports pundit, you know that? <laughs> you really should. Uh, listen, it, yeah, that, that was a real special day. And um, I think Munster final day is more special than all Ireland final day because, you know, there's a backdoor, win or lose, is always a great buzz in Thurlis. And um, it's a very special day. All Ireland final day is different. It's tense. It's a little, you know, it's a little bit more stressful and... Um, oh, stressful. Like I, I, Don't I be talking to me. If it was if it's going to be anything like the semi-final, I'll have a bang. Yeah. Well, I was there in 04 and 05 and I was there in 13 the first day and I didn't get a ticket to the replay in 13. And then I went in 17. I uh, went to support the Cork Miners in 17. I got a ticket that year off uh, Ballymun Kickham's man and um, I sat in the Davenin um, by myself. And um, yeah, I, I literally, like, I, I'm just, like, honestly, it's hard because... I meet other people like me and there's loads of us in the same boat Neil that just can't get a ticket this year. Are you year. not in a and club? No, Vera, no. 
So I was saying that, like, you know, unfortunately, it's hard for people to understand, but, like, when you're an LGFA member, when you play football, ladies football, like, it's a separate organisation to the men, and unless you pay the men's membership, um, that you can't go into the club draws. But even this year, Neil, like, clubs, like, even if I was a member of, let's say, the men's club, like, I wouldn't be getting taken on away. Like, you know, they're, you know, rightly so looking after, you know. How did they, how did they work it out, club boys? I did see the numbers last week, but I don't have them in front of me. They have some for the Cusack, some for the Hogan, some for Hill. Yeah. It goes by um, whether or not you're senior status, intermediate status, junior right. status. Yeah, yeah. The more teams you feel, the more tickets. So the idea then, then is that hopefully we'll get them from other counties, is it? Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I've never gotten a ticket from... A, well, that's a lie. I got a ticket in 2013. My partner got a ticket from Stephen White. He was playing in the court team at the time. And um, my boyfriend would have been very, very good to him and his girlfriend. And... Um, he rang him and he's like, look, you've been really good to me over the years. I'm going to put aside two tickets for you. Um, and that was, that's the only year that we were actually had no stress of getting tickets. I know. But do you think, do you think, ourself. yeah, do you think that um, maybe only, I'm just thinking out loud, you know an awful lot more about this than I do, but do you think that yeah. only the counties that are in the final and clubs from those counties should be the only ones to get tickets for the final? I, 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 it's, it's hard to debate it because, like, obviously, you know, chair people of clubs around the county do massive, massive work and you will get, you know, clubs that, and counties that will never see in all Ireland, like, you know, and, you know, there's people in Leitrim and, and counties that do massive, massive work and... Yeah, but it's not know, kind of their day, you know? Yeah, I know, but, you know, why can't they experience it too? Like, you know, it's, 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 of course, it's the most important thing for the people who are who are participating in it. But you know, our final day is is something like nothing you've ever experienced. When I was down in Santina, I was down Pitchside, and the noise and the atmosphere coming down, it's it's like nothing else. So I don't want to say that they don't deserve it. I, I think maybe sometimes there's an over allocation to other counties, or maybe they apply for tickets rather yeah. than just you know maybe be be offered. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you don't feel hard done by. You're just desperate. <laughs> well, I put, what I think to you is that, like, the last few years, we so, like, we go through the stress, you know, we were going through the stress regularly, and then we were just like, why don't we just become court season ticket holders? This is the solution. You know, we go to the matches, like, let you know, let we'll qualify automatically. So we have been doing that, but obviously there's no season no. ticket holders this year. No. So, um, no, and, no. Like, and, and rightly so, you know, you can I'm not criticising that, but it's just you do feel a little bit hard done by, you know, that they don't exist. So, listen, I'm 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 on to everybody, and I think like it's one thing to tell someone like you're looking for a ticket, and it's a different thing to show them all my tickets. Done I know. I mean, I, I mean, listen, I was I was convinced enough to put you on the air to just see if it by any kind of stretch <laughs> of the imagination or any kind of a miracle, um, and you know. You're looking for two, but you'd probably take one and you're happy to pay. Yeah, like, I'm not looking for anything for free. Like, honestly, I, I pay for it. I, I, and me, like, I do anything. Like, you know, if there's someone out there, like, I, I do anything for the ticket. Like, I'm, I need to get there someday. Like, not anything. Not anything. Anything, I mean, anything uh, legal. Legal. <laughs> but I, I need to get there someday. Like, you know. How would you um, feel? How would you feel if you didn't get there? Like the rest of us watching it on the TV. Um, it, it, listen, it would be very upsetting, like, I, I'd be very upset, but it's right. like, right. it, 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 you know, it is what it is, I just go, go to a good venue and 
put on the red and white and, you know, shout as loud as I can. Okay, from, well, listen, from, from uh, my job is done. Um, let's see if there's anybody out there, who knows, whether it's Cork or another county or listening online that might have one, perhaps two, to put you out of your misery on Sunday, shall we? <laughs> Please, 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 please. <laughs> My boyfriend was like, do not beg, but I honestly, I... I'm, Whatever I'm you do, begging. don't beg, and here you are begging. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, uh, it'll be great crack. And listen, there's, I have to acknowledge I've met people like me as well, and um, I, I, I think this, this I know, year is no, very, I know. very difficult. I know, so it's just it's you went to an awful lot of effort, and I didn't want to ignore your effort, all right? Okay. Thanks a million for that, Neil. All, all right. right. Regards Cheers to you all down in Glanton. Let's see what happens. Cheers for now, Vera. Cheers. Take care. Thanks, Neil. It's almost Bye. impossible. One point that it's reason it's almost impossible is is half capacity. And of course, the other is that the tickets are shared all over the country. But in the event that you might, etc., 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 do get in touch. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Email neil at uh, redfm.ie. And away we go for Vera. Um, I was hoping to snaffle a couple of tickets as well, just to tie it in with a, with a giveaway that I'm doing uh, with Cork Chauffeurs Limited, which is um, uh, an S-Class Merc all the way to Croke Park and back. But I think the chances of actually getting tickets um, are you know, nigh on impossible. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, just, just staying with this for another few minutes, if you don't mind, with regards to, uh, you know, availability, shortage and demand. Do you remember I was talking about uh, John from Twilight News regarding bunting and car flags and balloons? More on that next. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Lines open at one 106 So the Lord Mayor of Cork Councillor Colm Kelleher sent uh, a letter to uh, Mayor Butler in Limerick. He says, uh, I write to you this afternoon after receiving very hopeful information. I believe you have something that belongs to us. He's about 16 inches high, silver, and goes by the name of Liam. Sadly, Liam was lost to us back in 2006, and after many years of searching, we almost found him again in 2013. Down the years since 2006, there have been sightings of him, in Liam that is, in Kilkenny, Galway, Tipperary, and Clare for some reason and now I believe a sighting of him in Limerick Liam is a native of Cork whose family hail from Ballygarvan and one can only imagine um, that he had found it quite distressing not being back on Leaside in over 16 years as I'm sure you're aware and understand there is no place like home and there's certainly no place like Cork as Lord Mayor of Limerick can I ask you to arrange to bring Liam to Croke Park on Sunday for collection I will arrange for him to be picked <laughs> I will arrange for him to be picked up at around half five and rightly return to Leaside. Many thanks for looking after him. Uh, it won't be forgotten. Much appreciated, Councillor Colin Kelleher, Lord Mayor of Cork. And he said that I, I can't wait for Councillor Daniel Butler's response from the mayor's office in Limerick to the Cork mayor's office. I think that'll be equally as funny. But I think it's a fabulous piece of prose. A great letter. More of that, please, uh, from our politicians and councillors, because I love it. I love stuff like that. But, you know, um, that, and that's, of course, uh, Liam McCarthy, who's been missing for far too long. But... Um, we want to get the red and white out, as much bunting, as many flags and car flags as you can, and balloons and displays. And I mentioned John from Twilight News last week that he had a big supply, but it's dwindling fast by all accounts, such as the demand, and he joins me by phone. John, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. And you have a few locations, don't you, besides Patrick Street. Where else are you? 
Yeah, we have the kiosk inside in Parallel Place bus station and just before Christmas there, just the end of November, we opened up inside in Quastery Shopping Centre. Congratulations. Which would have been the old Porter's unit. Oh, big, that's a big spot in fairness to you. Well done. Yeah. Congratulations unit, for that. Yeah. Now, um, how you fixed? Because at, at one stage you had lots, but you know a lot of the, the street vendors and people who are setting up their own stalls and tables, are they buying in bulk off you as well, I hear? No, you know what happened? No, we, it, we, I think last week we were the only people that had them and um, a lot of a lot of businesses were coming in and buying, buying the bunting, so therefore the bunting was disappearing very fast. Um, now, we still have a small bit of bunting left there, but what we seem to be left with more so at the moment now is car flags. Good. Um, now, there's a lot of stalls set up around the city and we've been approached in two of the shops on a few occasions to know would we be able to sell those stalls flags so they're obviously finding a hair to get them to get them where to source them as yeah, well that's know? the kind of demand I'm talking about and you know all those flags and buntings and blue where do they all come from um, you know what no I, 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 I think myself and a lot of it comes in from different wholesalers that we would deal with yeah um, but I think this year they were probably just all everybody was just caught off guard don't know, I don't know whether they, the people that were making the flags didn't realise that Cork were going to make it all the way and maybe have a, a stock room full of a different a different county flag. And, yes, right. Uh, <laughs> they thought they'd be left with the Cork ones. <laughs> and they thought no. that there would be a run on the Kilkenny ones kind of thing, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. But we always, like we, we would always have flags in stock. We'd always sell flags inside anyway. Um, be it to tourists and things like that. We'd sell the Irish flag and stuff as well. I know what you're saying. Um, but, you so know, if you compare this... We have a regular feed of flags coming in all the time. Yeah. So, would you, if you were to compare this year with other years, say, for instance, when we made a football or a hurling final, is there more demand now than ever? Well, I tell you, what I got in, Neil, I thought I'd have, I'd have enough left for the homecoming. And I'd say I'd be lucky to make it to Thursday or Friday now. Get away! But that's you know, a great, that's flags, a great complaint you know, to have, though, isn't yes, it? Which is good, yeah. Which is good. You know, they're flying out. You know, and like they're, they're absolutely flying out. Speaking of flying, are you seeing a lot of people sporting the car colours? Either their homes, businesses, cars, things like that. I think what well, we, we we've had a lot of businesses come in there, and a lot of bars and restaurants, and they've been buying like twenty and thirty bunting and the flags on sticks. And we've had one guy has um, no, I wasn't there when he called in, but he has a car showroom. And he bought, um, I, I think he bought a hundred um, car flags in total. Now, you know, they're the legit crowd because they look for a receipt and things like that <laughs> off the staff. You know, so, like he's not going to sell them on the street corner, but um, he's he there being sent in by some car showroom. He's putting them in the uh, windows of all the cars that are for sale. I love those ones. Yeah, well, you would see it in some of the cars. You, you would see some of the, some of the forecourts, all the cars would be decked out with the flags as well. Ah, oh, fantastic. You know, yeah. that one with the, with, the, with the tall tower of balloons and a flag flying from it. That looks brilliant. That's very impressive. Do you, do you make those up yourself? Does somebody have to blow we all those, those up? We those inside in Paul Street when we opened up the, the shop inside in Paul Street we went into party stuff um, so we do an awful lot of balloon displays and the girls inside there that can literally do anything with balloons so they build that up from scratch um, and put the flags through it and then they have the table arches as well oh, um, which yeah. they can put bunting and things through yeah. um, but some of the stuff that they can do inside is brilliant altogether for, for any party they look fantastic like thanks for sending on the photographs we'll share those photographs so what 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 do we have what what, what can you spare me then as the fella says well what I was saying the emails what um, like if you wanted to give away 10 packs and inside in each pack then we'd give um, one of each of those arch one of the arch and one of the tables or 
one of the table arches and one of the balloon pillars. So the two balloon yeah. displays that I described, yeah, one each of those, okay. Bun- yeah, yeah, and there'll be some flags and bunting wrapped around them. Um, I have um, two lots of bunting as well, which is about 50 foot and six car flags. Oh my God, and that's so one... you wanted to give away 10 lots of that. Okay, so in each of the 10 prizes, two balloon displays, six car flags and two 50 feet bunting of Cork Colours. That's it, yeah. And there'll be a few extra hand flags and things uh, incorporated into the displays that oh they, the people can pull out then themselves if they want them. Thank you so much for the displays. Thank you so much for putting them aside, John. You've always been a good friend down through the years. I really do appreciate no problem, it. Um, and I'll, I'll get those shifted over the next two or three days for collection, maybe Thursday or Friday kind of thing, directly from you. Does that make sense? Yeah, we can do collection inside in Paul Street because that's where the balloon displays would be. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. we make those up there and um, I was saying to Emer, um they could be collected from Friday morning till kind of lunchtime Saturday brilliant because as you can imagine by the size of them there we have 20 of those hanging around the shop it's a big shop but we'd, we'd be kind of caught for space so we'll kind of feed them out to the people you know I can start it today if you want to start doing two a day or something like that. Wouldn't that make sense? And we'd have them all cleared no, away by look, Friday. Once, once, well, once I have the contact numbers of the people that want, I can ring them and whenever they have, I, I can walk around when they Brilliant. want to check them then. Okay. Because oh. they last a few weeks. The balloon displays would last a few weeks. But with the, with the amount of space they take up, I couldn't make up all 20 of them today. Well, hopefully, hopefully people will want them around for a few weeks with the victory on Sunday, you know? Well, that's it, that's it, yeah. But we have them inside all the time because there's, we, we have orders for those exact things anyway as well for the weekend for people that want them for their own homes and stuff as well. Okay, okay, so all right. Okay. You're the greatest, John. Thanks so much. Appreciate it as no always. Problem, Look after yourself. Much. John at Twilight News, Parnell Place, Patrick Street and the Paul Street Shopping Centre. So what you're going to be listening out for is this, right? Don't call just yet, but you're going to be listening out for this throughout the course of the rest of the week. going to be your cue to call for your two balloon displays, your six car flags and your two 50 foot bunting. Ten winners between now and Friday and thanks as always to Twilight News. Just staying actually with these uh, these related topic, this related topic. You know, I was talking to Vera there who's desperate for a ticket or two tickets and God knows she sold me and sent me all of the proof yesterday by post. Damien Long has Travel Master. Damien, good morning. Hi Neil, how things? Good. What does Travel Master do? What do you do? Oh, we do all the concerts and uh, football matches and sports events from all over Ireland. You know, we're based in West Cork, but we, uh, we're a nationwide travel company for for events. So, oh, I think know, I may have spoken with you guys before, actually, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 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 yeah. We do, uh, we do well. We were doing all the concerts and events. Unfortunately, we got torpedoed for the last two years, but um, thankfully, look, there's, there's a bit of light in the tunnel. And it's, it's starting to come along now again. And tell me, have you got have you got a couple of have you coaches going to the All Ireland final? Yeah, we, we've actually four full out of Cork so far for, for, for Sunday. Like So between West Cork and Cork City, we've four full. We expect to fill another two to three more now by Sunday. People are just getting their tickets now the last couple of days, like so you can see the, the numbers rising quickly now. Like, so that so. would be eight coaches, and all of those on board would have hurling tickets, would they? Uh, you know, I suppose a lot of people go with the chance of getting a ticket in Dublin to me. Like, I'd say there would be a lot of people on board that would be just going up there without a ticket and just... just just chancing to see would they get one above on the day and stuff and if not look they'll soak up the atmosphere and they'll go into try and get into a pub or somewhere around Dublin to, yeah I know yeah. Would, yeah. so there would be touts above then would there would you think that they'd be there having snaffle tickets from other counties and selling them on at a profit then 
Yeah, there always is, Neil. It, it, it's not going to change that way. Yeah, there's always a fellow there trying to make a, a quick buck in, in Dublin today, Ballard and Final Day. So, um, Do, does anybody go up with a ticket then to even and sell the ticket up there? I suppose that happens too. You look on the buses over the years. I mean, we've been doing it for years, and you'd often see where people would arrive on the bus on the day where somebody couldn't travel or couldn't go with them, and they'd have a spare ticket on hand. And um, and people would grab them that way on the bus as well, you know. But a lot of people will go to Dublin next Sunday without a ticket and just hope for the best. And hope for the best, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And are yeah. you saying that if Vera can get a ticket or two that you'd like to help her out with the transport? Uh, if she gets two tickets there, we'll give her two free seats out of Cork on Sunday. <laughs> we take uh, we, we take direct to Mountjoy Square, which is on your own the corner from Croke Park, and we wait until the game is over and back in the bus and, and back down the road to Cork again. Oh, my God. Oh my celebrating God. like the whole way home. So. Oh, she's absolutely desperate. I'd say that makes it even worse for now saying, I even have seats on a bus. All I really need now are tickets. <laughs> yeah, all she needs is tickets. Well, look, if she gets them, tell, them contact, tell her to contact us and her, or give her details here and we'll start out. We'll get her two free seats on the bus. We'll, we'll have them there for, for Sunday to get her to the game. Well done. Listen, fair play to you. And if anybody else wants to book a, t- a seat or two on your coaches, can they do the same, yeah? Yeah, just go to travelmaster.ie, go on our website and you can just book your seat there and then from anywhere from Skibbereen the whole way up to Clanband and Cork from I, the whole way on the road. Oh, what there. kind of money are you talking about for a return trip? Uh, from Cork, it's 40 euros for the return, um, for the return trip back to Cork. Like, but, but again, it's a dedicated service to it, like, so it, it, it'll take you, it'll take you all the way to Mount Church Square next to Cork Park and it won't leave. Until everybody's back on board, for God's sake. Go, it'll, it'll make sure everyone's it's well board, worth right? it. Twenty euro each way, you'd spend that on petrol alone. You wouldn't have, and, yeah, and you sure. don't have to drive. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Okay, my yeah. man. Let's let's yeah. see if that can uh, if that can happen uh, if uh, we sort fear out. But listen, appreciate you taking the call. Thanks, Damien. Oh, Damien yeah. Long from Travelmaster. If you want to get one of those coaches, do so. www.travelmaster.ie. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. And as we turn up the heat on the countdown to the hurling final, I also have a 200 euro Sports Direct gift card to give away this morning, plus a Cork jersey. All right, so stay listening for that. The 200 euro voucher you can spend at Sports Direct and the Cork jersey you can wear with pride. Lines open at 1850 104 106. Text 086 8104 106. I was talking about Cork Chauffeurs Limited and the S Class Merc that would travel up and down. Uh, on Sunday and uh, a couple of people perhaps even three would be lucky enough to be in the uh, S-Class Merc travelling to and from uh, courtesy of Jordan and uh, Cork Chauffeurs Limited he's been a regular contributor to the programme down through the years in fact he joins me by phone Jordan good morning Dr Prenderville how are you doing? <laughs> I'm well how, how are you keeping how are you, kid? is there much of a buzz around are you seeing a lot of colour around? Nice. I tell you what, no, Neil, I had to go up to the town of Slego yesterday, right? Four hours up, four hours down, and that's a different story. But I drove new, I drove through Charleville, Buttevant, new two pot houses, is it? You know, that that's right, outside there. Mallow, yeah. And yeah. I can tell you now, boy, the city, come on, get together. We've got to get our colours out because these places were awash with red and white. Are you it saying the county brilliant. is way ahead of us, of the city then? Yeah, way ahead, way ahead. We've got to get it right together. Come on, we've got to support these boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Went through the county of Mayo, Neil, awash with their flags, up in Galway even, and Sligo, flags out, so we've got to get it right Like together. when you say flags out, are they in homes, windows, homes, or shops? shops uh, hanging off lampposts traffic lights, you name it, and uh, it was just great to see it. I and what's, know it was great to see And it. what's the city and the suburbs like as you go about? Um, they're okay. Certain parts are, are doing their bit, but others, we really got to get going. 
I mean, there's there's fellas inside in town for the last week. They're selling their their cork colours. All your short nose, nineteen seventy, and, and all you'd hear is get your horses, get your <laughs> get your flags, and get your get your ice creams. Anyone for the last few shock Last weekend, O'Neill. I must say, no, last weekend there was a great buzz in town. And if it was that good last Saturday, next Saturday is going to be absolutely incredible. Are you are you nervous though? I mean, you hurled yourself no, back I, in the I'm, day. I'm putting my head on the block now, cork by two points. <laughs> And I'll tell you why, I'll tell you why, I'll tell you why. Limerick Marauder plays anyone, even Liverpool, but not this court team. And i tell you why. They have the hurling to beat them, and Limerick know that. Don't you the ears, we always beat Limerick. And this team has added something that they've, they've done two very, they've done two things. They've added Donlow Grady, smart man, clever man. Um, but they've also added a bit of steel and a bit of togetherness. And I saw it against Kilkenny for the first time in nearly 20 years. You have to kill these guys to beat them. Yeah, that's but... That's all we were short. And we have it now with the speed. But when you were watching that semi-final, you know, with the, mm-hmm. with the late goal, the late Kilkenny goal, had you not... You still hadn't given no, up, no? No doubt, whatsoever, because Cork, I thought, and you were well on top. Well on top. Geez, they're a great bunch of young fellas. And I must be honest, though, I don't know half the team because, you know, when they're wearing the helmets now, it's different to 150 years ago when I was playing and so forth. <laughs> no helmets. <laughs> right. uh, but they're a great, they, they look a great bunch. Um, they just seem to have it together. They're going to be hard to beat. And Limerick, I tell you, will not fancy playing them Sunday. And are you looking, are you, are you talking and meeting with a lot of people who are desperate for a ticket? Uh, yes, um... Oh, sorry, I don't know what happened there. We seem to have problems with our phone lines. No, he's gone, unfortunately. I don't know why that happens. Um, just be, yeah, just when, it, when you get a chance to come back. Actually, what Jordan had done, actually, for me with regards to uh, the chauffeur-driven um, S-Class limo up and down is he came up with uh, his dream team, his dream hurling team. And I just wanted to chat with him about that. So if you have tickets, right, let's say that you have two tickets uh, and you were planning to travel, obviously you would with the two tickets, um, how would you fancy going up and down by limousine as opposed to driving yourself or indeed maybe traveling by coach? Um, and so he's come up with the dream team, which would be 15 players. I'm right there, aren't there? I think there's 15 on this. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, four. Yeah, 15. Uh, and every player on the dream team has his own uh, position on the pitch, clearly. But I'm not terribly interested in the positions on the pitch or indeed uh, the clubs that these players played for. But there's 15 of them in total, and they go right back uh, to the 1950s. Well, at least one does, 50s and 60s. And the rest then, uh, fairly fairly heavy in the 70s, I have to say. But one or two from the 90s as well. So I'll say no more about it than that. Uh, but that was the drill anyway. And he put it, sorry, I lost you there, Jordan. I just started talking about uh, about our little, um, our little giveaway. You know, I was saying that you'd put together, yeah. your. these are your 15. Oh, yeah. Th- th- yeah. This is my 15. Now, everybody has an opinion. That's what makes this competition brilliant. The dogs in the street have their best 15. This is my 15. And when I called it out to you there last week, you actually went, oh, my God, what a team. This is incredible. Um, so yeah, but I did, I did say to you that there's a lot from one particular team, a very successful team. Um, <laughs> th- they call yeah, it yeah. the dream team from the 70s. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, Neil... That's just my view. I mean, people will have their own opinions, but I've won from the 50s, the majority from the 70s, uh, I've won from the 90s, and there's, a, there's one or two from the early 80s. But what a team. That's just my pick. People will have their, people can send in their own t- 
top players or whatever and see just who can match as many of them. That's the thing. Let's see how many people can match your dream Cork hurling team. Um, and And of course, they would need to have match tickets. Yeah, so we want to bring someone. Not, not, uh, yeah, but Neil, not necessarily because people go up there for the atmosphere and the crack. It's you think? fantastic up there. Okay, oh, you, yeah. you just want to throw it open to anybody whether they have tickets or not. Anybody open, we, we will take two or three people anywhere in Cork City or County. We'll have a nice bottle of champagne on board. We'll have chocolates from Leonidas. It'll be a fantastic trip up and um, what a way to start the honour on Sunday. And pick them up and bring them home again. We won't be able to bring them them home because I know from experience the return journey, Neil, and I'm not being <laughs> sounding bad in them, is a nightmare. <laughs> People will be half caught. Do you want to stop here? Do you want to stop there? Do you want to stop there? So why do we just do, why do we just do it with teetotal people? So people who don't drink. Well, there you are now. But, but trust me, no, I've done it for years. You're home at two o'clock in the morning. And, and going, okay. Oh my God. All right. Well, we won't worry about that part of the trip. But it certainly will be a wonderful way to travel yeah, up. Of that, you can you, be sure. You need you 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 have to do something on Friday for for the court team. You got to play the banks of the league. Oh, absolutely. Sean O'Shea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you oh, think that's the version to go for? Is it? I oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I also remember going down to Parky Keys and they'd always play that as the team were coming out, you know? Yeah, that would be the rebel, the rebel rouser, all right. I, I, I have no idea why they stopped that, but Jude, as the court team was arriving out in Parky Keys years ago, that would be on. And that's, you know, the hairs of that year and neck would sell it because it's some song. And the court team, when they heard that on Friday. Yeah, it's like, probably worth a goal to them. Yeah, it's probably worth a goal oh, to them. It's just incredible. And they stopped doing that. I don't know why. Anyway, just before I go, everything is good in town. Everyone is busy. Car people deserve great credit. They've come back in their droves. Businesses are ready to go. And it's the last 11 weeks have been a dream. It's been fantastic, hasn't it? And all of the outdoor except dining for, and all the outdoor hospitality. Yeah, except for what I saw on the Echo yesterday morning. I thought it was something on a Monty Python. But anyway, that's not a story. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> somebody, somebody. was talking to a business on yesterday in Cork City um, on, on the phone. It was like a sketch on a Monty Python. Just as we're back... After 18 months of hell, somebody wants to close off Pat Street again. Oh, for God! No, they want to re- they want to reimpose the traffic ban, God. isn't it? You don't think that's oh, a good? Oh, jeez, stop, stop! I mean, whoever thought of that now? They should give a nice, comfortable seat outside in the lock, counting the ducks. And she looked. I know you're bored. I know you you haven't got much to do. And leave us alone. The city is back. It's typical Ireland. Just what do you make back. of the What do you make of the robot trees? Um, Neil, I'm all for green, green energy, but not at that kind of money. If you said to me now that was 65, 70 grand a year to maintain, I'd say brilliant. But not at the kind of money that I is. Know, That's the only sore point. And I like the greens, but Jesus, everything that comes with them seems to be a fortune, you know? Yeah, yeah well, that's the world we live in. All right, listen, it's always great to chat. Leave Mary, that with me. It's great to talk to you, and just mind yourself, will you? All right, kid, take care of yourself as always. Bye. The great Jordan Bye. Bracken with the S-Class Limo. We'll do more of that a little later on. That'll be email only, incidentally, if you want to see if you can uh, knock together. As close as you can get to Jordan's dream team. Told you as much as I can without naming any of the players. Uh, but that's by email to neil at redfm.ie for the S-Class limo from Cork Chauffeurs Limited. Back after 10. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter.
at Neil Red FM. Lots of texts coming in there on flags and tickets and what have you. Loads of them. Um, and I'll come back to those after 10. Just to let you know, there are a good buddy of mine out in Douglas Court. The car shop in Douglas Court also has cork flags and bunting on sale. If you're in the Douglas area, be very careful. I try and do as many scam alerts and warnings as I can. There's a new one knocking around now. And you may get this by text or by WhatsApp. And the text will say, someone who came in contact with you tested positive or has shown symptoms for COVID-19 and recommends you urgently get tested. And then there's a link, and the link is healthse.org. That's a scam. Uh, They will claim that it's coming from the HSE, but it's not. So if you get that, uh, don't bother clicking on it, because I imagine at the end of the day, it will bring you somewhere where they will ask you for money. And it's fake. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. You're listening to the Emerald Award winning music station of the year. Cork's Red FM. Okay, so as I was saying earlier on, 200 euro Sports Direct gift card plus a Cork jersey. And sometime between now and midday, you will hear this cue to call. Caller 10, when you hear it, wins that prize. All right, so a 200 euro Sports Direct gift card plus the Cork jersey to wear with pride for the rest of the week and certainly on Sunday. All right, that's courtesy of yourselves and Sports Direct, proud sponsors of Cork GA. When you hear that again, call at 10 and 1850 104 106 wins the entire prize. Lines open at 1850 104 106 for all other business as well. Um, you remember uh, Colette, and we had other people wondering why the um, uh, good people at uh, Porky Cueve couldn't put on big screens on Sunday so people could go in and watch the match on big screens. It seemed like a great idea at the time. Well, uh, the uh, Secretary and the CEO of the Cork GAA, Kevin O'Donovan, has come back and said that due to current COVID regulations, this just would not be possible. Any such gathering would be in breach of current guidelines and would not be permitted by the Gardaí or City Council. So in fairness, they came back and said if it were possible, they would have done it, but it's not possible due to COVID regulations, which means to me that Parky Cueve doesn't have the same kind of dispensation, say, as Croke Park would have for an All-Ireland final or a semi-final for that matter. Um, they are special cases. All right, so at least it was at least it was tried. Um, oh, listen, um, we just corrected that because Jordan's limo prize will include the return journey. So it's up and down. Um, I think we had a bit of a brain freeze earlier on, but uh, I think he might have been, you know, um, bothered that, uh, you know, people might get lost in Dublin. We can make all that. We can make all that work. So the limo is up and back down again. So you'll be traveling in style both ways. Okay, just happy to clarify that. Meanwhile, with regards to the Lord Mayor's letter to the Limerick Mayor, John, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Are you superstitious? Well, extremely so. (laughs) Well, if Um, if he sent him the letter on Friday the 13th, imagine if he posted it on Friday, that even jinxes it more, you think? Well, we could put away all the flags in the bunting. I mean, if that happened anyway... But I'm seriously worried. I'm seriously, you know, you spend a lot of time down in, in rural Kerry, right? And have you ever heard of the word kiboshed? No? Kibosh, I've heard. Is it the same word? 
Because uh, well, kibosh to me, kibosh to me is cabbage, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it means you put the jinx in something, right? I mean, you put the cost in it, right? <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, this never happened before. No other mayor has written to the mayor of the opposing team, like, I mean, and, and almost demanding that they don't bother even playing the match, like, I mean, because we have the trophy already. That's really pushing the board out, man. I think you should redress this immediately. I don't know how he's going to do it, because I tell you something, he'd be run out of town, like, if we lose that match. <laughs> yeah, maybe the gander is up now in Limerick because of that letter, and it'll drive the team on well, even more. Well, you chalk it down. Chalk it down, I guarantee, you know, I could be, I hope I won't be, but I hope I won't be on you. I wouldn't be saying that here we go. The, 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 the cost is put on it. I mean, the Lord Mayor should have kept his coat to himself and we were beaten off the field. <laughs> it's only a bit of fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Neil, I, I'm a firm believer, but you never think for it. The match will be over when the referee puts this so-called thing kind of whistle in his mouth <laughs> and he knows it. <laughs> the last thing you ought to be doing is taunting the opposition before the actual match itself. <laughs> Yeah, I know, no, Cocker are playing brilliant at the moment, but you see, the thing, it's all on the day. It's the, that's why they call it the match of the day. It's what happens on the day. Limerick will play their hearts and souls out on that field, and so will Cock. So, for God's sake, don't be Clinton Treatment. You think that the Lord Mayor has made out to the Limerick people that we're far too cocky on Lee side? <laughs> oh, completely, completely. But we know that anyway, we are. Yeah, but we should keep the kind of keep the toast at the same time. <laughs> All right, keep our powder dry. Okay, appreciate it, John. Cheers Good for now. Thanks. Take care. Okay, let me go to Justin Nagel's house because they've got a great thing happening out in Ballinhasig. Justin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? You've got. I'm very well, thanks. You excited about Sunday? Of course, yeah. It'd be even better now if I could get tickets, Neil, with the rest, <laughs> the rest of the county. Join the queue! Uh, I'd say that boat has well and truly sailed at this stage. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, the next best, best thing, what are you doing out there in Ballonhasig? Well, at Christmas, Neil, I put up lights, kind of programmable lights, I suppose, on the house. Um, and my wife came home from work on Friday. Um, she's a partner in, in Crowley's DFK and Cork Chamber got on to all the businesses, I suppose, and asked them, you know, paint the town red kind of thing. So my wife came home from work on Friday and said, could we put up some of the Christmas lights and, and put on red and white? I said, you know what, I suppose we could, because our own local club here in Ballinhasig has two two players on the on the senior team well and one player on, on the minor team. So we, um, I had the red and white flags up myself. And I thought the lights, the lights would be a good idea. So I spent the weekend setting them up and programming them and but how putting did them you, up on the front of the house. It looks like a big screen to me. How did you do that? It's it's all individual little LED lights, Neil. They're called pixels. They're programmable. Um, so you can tell in, individual lights to come on and off and what colour to come on and off. And so it's amazing. So it is, it is actually a big screen on the gable end of the house. Essentially, yeah, yeah. Well, we've moved it now. It was on the gable end of the house at Christmas, and we've moved it now. It's actually on the front of the house. Okay. So if you pull up outside, you can you can see it. And um, um, and also, if people want to pull up and have a look at it, they can listen as well, can they? They can. They can. I have a tiny little kind of personal FM broadcaster um, that kind of just about covers the house and a little bit of the road outside. <laughs> And you can tune your your car radio to eighty eight FM. So I've, I've four kind of songs playing. What have you uh, played? Three, three Cork based. Well, the f- 
the Frank and Walters are there anyway with their after all. Um, we have the boys of Fair Hill. Uh, I have the Sunday game team tune. Yeah, exactly. That's the only one I've kind of sequenced the lights to, so they kind of play along with the music. Um, and I have uh, a song that was released a couple of years ago, I'd say probably in 2013 for the last time we were in a final called Come On You Rebels. That's right. That's right. Good choice so. of songs. And I mean, is it going down a storm? Are people stopping, pulling up, watching it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just looking, just looking at the sequence here. So we have the red and white dominating. Yeah. Then we have what comes. I think you've team player name. Best of luck to. Are these just your own local lads, Darrow Sullivan? Local lads, yeah. Darrow Sullivan, Patrick Collins, and Jar Collins, isn't it? Oh man, sorry about that. Phone line's gone again. Anyway, I think that pretty much covers what we were going to say. That's out Ballinhasig way, special Cork GA light show this week. And you can even tune in and listen to the four Cork songs as well. And it's at Justin Nagel's house and it'll be there right across the week. Ideally, at night time, of course, is the time to go and see it. Are you still there, Justin? I am. Yeah, I am sorry. Here. I don't know what it is with the phones this morning. But anyway, you have adapted the Christmas lights for the Cork hurlers in the final on, on Sunday and your three local lads. Um, you'll leave it up all week and it's best seen by night, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it, it only comes on at around 8 o'clock in the evening, Neil, uh, and it runs till midnight. Where in Ballinhasig are you then? Are you in the village or what? No, we're, we're, um, we're between the Rising Sun pub, if anyone knows us, and what used to be Barnley House. All right. So if, if you keep coming out to the halfway roundabout and turn off for Kinsale, we're, we're about three kilometres up that so road. Superb. And is there a lot of red and white in Ballinhasig? There is. There is, to be fair now. Uh, all the locals have, have the flags out. Um, like before my wife came home from, from work on Friday with the, the idea to put up the lights, I bought the last two flags in our local <laughs> shop. Now they've, they've restocked since. Um, but yeah, the flags are flying out the door, and the, the whole road up along here now is covered in. And, is there, and let me ask you this: Are there many hurling tickets in Ballinhasig? <laughs> uh, I think the club got thirty-four tickets, and there was over a hundred names in Fardham. So I'd say. It's, and forgive my ignorance, but have people been picked out in a draw? Then is it? I'm not sure, Neil. I haven't heard. Yeah. I haven't heard. Yeah. Who's yeah. got them and who hasn't got them? Yet. Have they given no. them out yet? I don't know. I don't know. You only know what you do, and that's the light display at your home. So fair play to you on that. Okay. You don't have tickets. <laughs> no. God, no. no. Tell me that for, for a couple of things, and I'll buy with Neil. Join the queue, pal. Listen, Justin, it's a great idea. Well done putting in the effort. It looks fantastic. Down Ballinhasig. Thank you very much, Neil. Cheers, my man. Justin Nagel. Uh, lines are open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. We'll stay with this and hopefully we'll be dropping in and out to lots and lots of hurling and gas stories right across the week as we big up the hurling final. Paddy, good morning. Hi, Neil. Just uh, pick up tell about the Lord Mayor, you know. In, uh, in 1986, when Cockroach and to send the news uh, the night before, John Mulholland, he was the Lord Mayor of Galway. And they were asking him, what do they think? And he said, yeah, he said, Johnny Master, turn me up, he said. <laughs> they were playing Cork, and Cork won the match. And Tommy Cashman, in his speech from the Rockies, he was on, and he said at the end of his speech, he said, and for the Lord Mayor of Galway, have a good look at that. No, like, <laughs> oh, God, I hate this. God almighty, we're after jinxing it, are we? But if you look at that now, and that was, if you were back in the ar- ar- archives in 86, which it'll come up on the telly, 
there and that was exactly word for word what Tommy Cashman said. And that was when Galway were taunting Cork. Yeah, in 1986 and Cashman put up the cup and he said, says, Lord Mayor of Galway, have a good look at that. <laughs> so, so do you I think... Don't think tempting fate is not a good thing like this. <laughs> It's good for the crack, like it's good for the crack, but uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it can come back and bite you in the ass. You don't have to juice up Limerick too much at all, like you know. I, you know, with all their money behind them and everything. You're you saying we shouldn't be poking the bear, like. I don't think so. I <laughs> think you could have found a letter Monday, like if you uh, if we won. You know? All right. Okay. Great story. Thanks, Paddy. I love stories like that. If you missed the start of the program this morning, um, Colin Kelleher, the Cork Lord Mayor, wrote to the mayor. I wonder, should we maybe see if we can get the Lord Mayor and see if, if we've actually jinxed the Cork team now uh, and the ganders up uh, on uh, in Limerick. Um, and, and I mean, if we get him, I'll recap on the letter then. But it's pretty much saying he's pretty much saying it's ours. He got lost. We want him back. Will you ever bring Liam uh, to Croke Park on Sunday? I'll arrange to pick him up at half past five. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six Red FM. While we're at it, uh, let's remember Galway will take on Cork in the All Ireland Under Twenty Hurling Championship final at Semple Stadium in Thurles this evening with a throw-in time at half past seven. So good luck to Cork in that regard. Please keep giving shout-outs to any shops that still have cork bunting. I'm struggling to find some in the city. Uh, post to your Facebook pages as often as you can, Neil. Yeah, well, Twilight News in the city still have bunting and they still have flags. Patrick Street, the bus station, Parnell Place and also uh, the Paul Street Shopping Centre. I also mentioned that the car shop in Douglas Court has, mind you, uh, a couple of people just worried about uh, not seeing enough flags. Uh, can you ask businesses and listeners to come on and get behind the cork hurlers? Very little effort is being made. A few euro for flags and bunting is all it would cost. I was in Wilton yesterday. There were only three cars in the entire car park flying the flags, mine and two others. It's been a miserable year and a half for people. Come on, let's get, give Cork a lift up the rebels, says Rachel. Get the car flags up, get the bunting up, particularly the cars in the car windows. Uh, could you play the banks this week in the build-up to the hurling final? Um, certainly the two of them, Wednesday and Sunday. It's fabulous to see and more and more colour and flags following your prompting with the Lord Mayor last week. Uh, Corky Gaboo says, Pat, well, you know, we certainly will be featuring the banks and other songs like that as we count down to Friday and then in, because I'm off the air on Friday, but, but certainly count down to, to Sunday if you like. So lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Big response yesterday, and I will come back to other matters, but a very big response yesterday in my conversation with uh, Luigi at La Bella Roma in Yall, where he had a family come in, uh, didn't want to eat, uh, you know, uh, and eventually complained and put a bad review up online because there was no kids' menu. And when I was chatting to Luigi, he deemed that a kids' menu would be uh, burgers, sausage and chips, or chicken nuggets and chips, even if you could call the chicken and the nugget chicken in the first place. Uh, Luigi is absolutely right. Must try his restaurant. If it's that fresh, it sounds great. Another one, fair play to him. I have a child who's a very picky eater, but he will eat pizza. Uh, I can't wait to go and visit. All children eat sausages. All children eat burgers and all eat nuggets. What's he on, says John? Well, he's on a quest to feed our children better food, I suppose. Most restaurants serving kids food don't really care about the kids. Everything is bought in and frozen for kids. But in some way, it's the parents' fault. Because even at home, they feed their kids with frozen food. Or as I saw a joke online there recently, you're the kind of parent that feeds your children frozen nuggets. The parent responds, 
Excuse me, I do not. I cook them first. Or this one, if uh, Luigi's food is freshly made, there's no excuse for him not to make a child-sized portion. His comments yesterday showed his true colours, calling people a Karen if he didn't agree with them. I have no time for a man who calls women a Karen. Um, I explained that yesterday for it had to be explained to me as to what it's meant when you call a woman a Karen. It's like a complainer. Um, um, a, a, somebody even said that it's a privileged white female. Um, I pass that on to you for what it's worth, although I don't agree with using terms like that. But somebody who's always complaining or has an opinion that makes no sense to anybody else in the whole wide world except herself. That's a Karen, I think. But anyway, Geraldine, good morning. Sorry, actually, good the under-20s game, the Cork and Galway game, is tomorrow night. It was originally tonight, but was switched to tomorrow night in Thurlis. All right, happy to clarify that. That's why at one stage it's a Tuesday and one on Wednesday. Match change. So anyway, Geraldine, go ahead. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good to hear from you. Your opinion, actually, on, say, for instance, restaurants that serve sausages, burgers and chicken nuggets first. If that's what they want to do and that's their business, then that's fine. I mean, my, my attitude would be respect the other person's model of the world. Everybody's trying to make a living. And if they sell... Nuggets, sausages and chips, well then, I'm sure they must have a market for it, but it doesn't say that everybody has to. Yeah, but does it say the parents should be feeding those kind of foods to children? Well, I'm not, I'm not a dietitian. I have absolutely no idea. If the parent wants to feed the child that kind of food, that's fine with me. Um, everybody to their own. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hazard a guess as to what's right or wrong. Um, have you kids? I'm sure it's okay. Do you have kids yourself? Uh, yes. Would you would do you would you feed them sausages, burgers, and nuggets regularly? No. Okay. Um, I live on a dairy farm. Um, I I would you know sausages. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, whatever. Um, it's usually home cooked food, but everybody to their own choice, sort of thing. Um, sausages, yes. Burgers, homemade. Um, I cook them. And so, you know, I wouldn't be against them. Everybody to their own. I'm not going to tell somebody else how to feed their children. That's up to themselves. And does that go for, you know, freedom of choice when a restaurateur says, actually, I'm not putting those things on the menu. If you absolutely. don't, if you want them, go somewhere else, is it? Ab- absolutely. That's why I went in on that uh, comment. I don't know Luigi's restaurant. I'm from Dundalk, County Loud, not Cork. Um, I'm afraid I don't know it. I certainly visited when you know when next in Cork, but I don't know it. I don't know the person that made the review or anything like that. I just believe in freedom of choice. They they wanted the kids menu and they felt that it was unfair to be asked to buy um, an adult or a full size size pizza for children. That there should at least be a child's pizza, perhaps, or nuggets or sausages. Well, if Luigi's restaurant doesn't sell that, then that's Luigi's choice. It's his business. Um, you know, I, I like paying food. I've often went somewhere that they don't sell what I want. I get okay. up and I leave. And Let me ask you about much. that because you said you've left a restaurant because they didn't have plain, simple food. What do you mean by that? Plain, simple food, I suppose. Uh, well, I'll give an example. Uh, I live in Dun- near Dundalk, uh, a restaurant where I didn't sell food, food with meat in it. It was vegetarian. I'm not vegetarian. I wanted something with meat. So it's not the place for me. 
I didn't know it when I got there, so I would leave. But Would you not you know, try it, though? That. Would you not be a bit adventurous and say, I'll give something a go now that I'm here? Well, I might if that's how I, how I wanted it. I did actually on that occasion, but I just didn't go back. But there was nothing wrong with the food. It was uh, gorgeous homemade food. But in the case of Luigi, if that's his business and he selects not to... Um, serve whatever chicken nuggets and something I think that's up to him it doesn't make the parent wrong either you know just either buy something and share it or go elsewhere or whatever sort of thing you know I'm sure there was plenty of stuff on the menu as you read out there before yeah I know I'm just wondering whether anybody would think that really it's not the chef or the restaurant's business if people want to poison their children Oh, I'm not getting. I mean, I wouldn't know anything about somebody. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be suggesting that somebody was trying to poison their children. That uh, I wouldn't know anything about that. As I say, I'm not a dietitian. Um, you know, everybody to their own. If somebody wants to feed something to somebody, plain food to me is, uh, I suppose. You know, I wouldn't be against burgers and chips, by the way, but I'd be very forced to suppose where I buy them. Um, That's the thing. Yeah, and if it's very, you know, very, very cheap. You have to wonder what's really in, in it. Cases. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I good don't point. know Cork, I know them dog. I would know where I want to go to buy nuggets or sausages or something like that. And I would be going to somewhere that had a reputation, as I'm sure Luigi does. But if he selects not to sell that or have it on his menu, I would totally respect that. Gotcha. Um, there's a number of restaurants that don't sell that, but I would still go to them sort of thing because children in general I think like a lot of foods that adults like pizzas and carbonara or whatever sort of thing so that's you know that would be my attitude I certainly wouldn't be against you know if the restaurant sells burgers and chips or nuggets I'd like to I'd I'd like to know what I was eating and that it was good quality and that's hard to get sometimes nowadays I think but you can actually want to go. Well, thank you for that point. I just, just, I'll leave you on that point because some people okay. were saying that a lot of the time the stuff that they're buying in, whether it's the sausage or whether it's the, the nugget, um, it comes from rendered chicken, which is the very end of the carcass. No, and they're, they're bought in, that. they're actually, they're bought in frozen. And if you're doing yeah. nuggets, then, then it may be a, a restaurant. You know, if you go to the butchers, uh, a lot of butchers now, for instance, and, and delis, they they make their own nuggets. They make it from fillet or they make Correct. it from proper, and they, they shape them themselves and they're very tasty and they're the real thing. A lot of those frozen ones, very questionable about the be, content. That's what I would be buying. I was just going to make the point that if I go to the butchers, I go to a specific butcher. I don't go somewhere that I know it's cheap and that the quality is uh, not good. Sometimes, I know what you're saying. Well, I believe all I was... You get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah. You'd stay away and from the frozen sections, I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. In a lot of cases, All right. know, there's, there's good places sort of thing, but I'd say I go to a butcher uh, that I know is reputable. I go to a restaurant that I know is reputable. I have no doubt Luigi's is, and I will visit there someday. Okay, well, so get then, yourself down from Dundalk to you all sometime soon. Thanks, Geraldine. Thanks for listening. Good Thanks for taking the call. Cheers. Good luck to Cork. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Good luck to Cork against Limerick. Hope you haven't Jim Chingstead. John, good morning. Hey, good morning, Neil. You, you, you uh, take offence. Second, yeah. but listen, there are 14 million people in the Yemen at present, and they'd be bloody glad of sausages, and chicken nuggets, and burgers, any kind of food. And I take exception to you saying you want to poison your children <laughs> on sausages. 
I was reared on sausages. So was I. I love sausages. Nothing better. I'm not. Sa- I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. In fact, it was Luigi who said in his post that if you want, oh, sure, ex- worse than the fact, if you want to poison your children, do it somewhere else. I know. Well, I mean, you know, these people, are, they're kind of food addicts. They're into food in a big way. Look, you can feed your children these things, all right, provided you ensure they get plenty of exercise afterwards and work it off them. That's the main thing. Exercise is the key to fighting obesity, I think. Well, you, I won't keep it. You were reared on sausages, were you? Well, among other things, mind you. The odd chicken nugget, maybe. <laughs> okay. They have chicken nuggets around when you were a child, they did. No, I don't think they were, really. I'm talking about the 60s now, really. <laughs> right. I don't know. Were okay. there even chickens around there? They chicken nuggets. <laughs> Good luck, John. Take care. Thanks, Take later. care. Um, a sausage sandwich is a beautiful thing to behold. And also, um, sausages with mashed potato, another gorgeous thing, uh, with onion gravy. I mean, you, you'll see that on a menu and, and, you know, from time to time I see it on menus and I'll go for it. It's a bit like always when you see on a menu, if I were to see, say, for instance, bacon and cabbage, I'd always be attracted to it as well. But I think that the, it's a lot more wholesome for a child if it was, if it wasn't, say, sausage and chips or chicken nuggets and chips, like if it was sausage, mashed potato with gravy, for instance. I think kids would lap that up, wouldn't they? And maybe beans or maybe peas or something. I don't know whether they go for the broccoli or not. Back after the break, one 850 Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Got the phone on one 850 I suppose the deal really is everything in moderation when you think of it, you know. Um, it's just whether or not it becomes too much part of a child's diet, whether it's chicken nuggets or burgers or Happy Meals or even chipper food to an extent. But the things that we ate as kids, of course, uh, that we were just chatting there a while ago and the lads were mentioning the uh, the Findus crispy pancakes. God only knows what was inside of those. They were absolutely lava hot, though. And you get a bad burn if you didn't handle it the right way. I don't think they make them anymore, the Findus crispy pancakes. I think there was different kinds. I think there might have been a chicken one and with a white sauce. And then there was a beautiful minced one with a gorgeous gravy. I used to love them. Absolutely. Probably ate too, much of them, too much of them. Actually, and then talking about things that you eat, I've just shared a photograph there on my Instagram page for what, for me, I think is one of the nicest sandwiches that you can ever have and make yourself. You know that, you know the fish fingers? Well, you can now get a bigger fish finger. It's like maybe two, perhaps three times the size of the, the regular one. It's a bigger, bigger fish finger. So, you know, you ever have a fish finger sandwich? You need fresh bread, crusty bread ideally. You need butter. You need the pan-fried fish fingers. The jumbo ones are fantastic. So you maybe lay three of those and then you finish it off with salt, black pepper and ketchup. And the ketchup is really important. And I had one on Sunday morning. It was absolutely it was kind of like an, uh, a wedding anniversary, a 29th anniversary gift. <laughs> My wife, a fi- jumbo fish finger sandwich. Anyway, I shared the photograph on Instagram. Maybe you do it yourself. You want to replicate it, off you go. The pizza place in Yall, it's a lot more than a pizza place, uh, La Bella Roma, fabulous pasta dishes. The pizza place in Yall, he should be doing mini pizzas and he could make his own fresh chicken goujons. All kids eat pasta. He should do children's sizes. He could butterfly and breadcrumb a, pr- a breast of chicken. He could get two chicken burgers out of one chicken breast for kids. He's right about the frozen nuggets and burgers. They are made from crap left over and full of stuff to make them look and worse taste good, says Desi. And Desi, for many years, a chef himself. At the end of the day, you wouldn't go into a Chinese restaurant and ask for a Big Mac meal. Nor would you go into McDonald's and ask for a three-in-one. 
The chef, Luigi, is dead right. That's his menu, and if you don't like it, try someplace else, says Johnny in Canturk. Uh, I'd go to his restaurant, especially just to listen to his voice. His accent is divine. And I'd say his food is too. You mustn't worry about people like them. You could come across them everywhere. Must go down there soon, says Marie from Clon. And just two or three more. He's wrong. He can give uh, good food in smaller portions. It's all about the money. He should be serving Charles portions of his menu. He should put on a kid's menu. I just looked up the reviews. All well and good defending yourself. But if he comes across as condescending, um, well, that's not right. Uh, don't know that he was condescending. He's just defending his take on things. Luigi is dead right in what he said. Lovely place, lovely food. All right, so thank you for those texts. And there's many more, which I'll come back to the course of the morning. Text 0868104106. But I mentioned yesterday and again this morning, I was telling you that there was going to be um, the, you know, the you know, arts and drama and musicians and those in the performance arts have been really forgotten about. Um, and yesterday, yoga teachers and students and other performing arts educators, they held peaceful protests yesterday. One was outside Cork Opera House. The other was another one then on Patrick Street, just at BT. And they put on some fabulous artistic displays as well. It's a part of a national day of protest yesterday for change. They want dates. They want to know when they can go back to work. They want to know when they can go back to their professions. I was saying yesterday that um, it's permissible for Mary's and fun fairs to do their thing. And you think a bit more could be done for the performing arts. Uh, but they were displaying their frustration yesterday. And there was also a protest outside Dáil But Jamie O'Hara was at the Cork protests and Cork get-togethers yesterday afternoon. The last couple of months we've been asked to follow Sports Guide, the Sports Ireland guidelines. Um, however, uh, they still say that dance classes, classes, the traditional style of a class, is not allowed. Uh, but individual pods of one are allowed. However, this is Im- impossible to do when you're dealing with young six and seven and eight-year-old students. They um, find it very difficult to stay within a, a two-metre box. Um, so we we want to get back to class uh, in the traditional style or at least in parts of six which we know we can uh, safely distance uh, dance itself is naturally uh, social distanced anyway and we can't understand why we're not allowed indoors you know and telling us that they might have a look at it in September and review it that's no good to us we need to advertise we need to find venues a lot of our teaching would be in a school and obviously the primary schools may not be open to allowing us to go back in there so we don't even know if we have our venues to rent you know we need we need time to plan so that's why all these organizations are here today we're forgotten about you know and not every child is into sport you know a lot of these children they're so creative they want to do their speech and drama they want to practice their Irish dancing and we can do that safely it was really difficult for the last like 18 months for we've been in online dance for nearly over a year and we've been doing school as well like there's people in fifth and sixth year who've been doing their exams plus dancing at home it's been really difficult because you've been studying for your exams and then you have to go into dance class like you don't have a break from home so it's really difficult and we haven't been able to do any performances performing and competing is major in, in Irish dancing um, and for us we haven't been able to do either and especially like we're watching a lot of other sports able to go back training properly and like we're looking at them, the GA and they're allowed to have spectators and stadiums and stuff and we still don't have any guide as to what we can do and where we can go with it and um, so all of that really is just, we're struggling struggling majorly it's such a routine as in when you've been dancing for as long as I have it's you know it's a way of life and um, when it just suddenly stops for a year and a half like you just you know it's a big shock to the system and you know 
know, especially it's going on all around the world. And you see it on social media, all my friends from America and England, they're all going to Feshers. And Irish dancing was born in Brazil, Ireland, and there's no Feshers going on here at all. So, you know, it's just, I don't understand it. As a, as a child, music was my therapy. And if I, I know that if I had been a teenager when this was going on, I probably would have ended up in a psych unit for mental health. Like, it's already now going on two years that these kids haven't been allowed to do what keeps them happy and focus on their mental health and I, I don't see why if it's not if it's not for safety and COVID reasons there has to be some sort of other alternative agenda and to me it seems that the arts are just being forgotten and completely left in the dark like there's what 35,000 people are allowed to go to Croke Park next week for a match but we're not allowed to have a class of 12 people spread six feet apart where is the where is the science of the virus in that I had parents who actually sent me cards at the end of June last year thanking me for my classes with the kids because it said it got them through the lockdown despite doing it just through a Zoom app that it kept them going they said now these same kids are being told no you're not allowed to have your class in September like I thought we were all entitled to an education but now it seems that only part of that education is being allowed to continue which is completely elitist yesterday uh, on Lee side. In fact, Trevor Ryan, who's the Performing Arts Director with the Monfords, made a very interesting point to the Echo. He said, a quarter of a million children attend performance arts classes nationally every week. 250,000 of them. And a few of the people in that Vox there spoke of the detrimental effect on the, the mental health, not to mention the physical health, but the mental health of, of young people. And he said, in 17 months, we've been only open for three weeks. Now, there's only so much you can do outdoors and there's only so much you can do on Zoom. But some people think that they just kind of make up these guidelines as they go along. I mean, how can you have, and good luck to them, they got a, a full-on fun fair down in Kalorglan and the sound and the lights looked fantastic. And, you know, they, they're sanitizing the, the equipment. That's what they're supposed to do, but they're doing it. And I don't know whether there'll be COVID outbreaks. Who knows? You just don't know where there's going to be COVID outbreaks in the workplace now and airplanes and things like that. But you could have a Mary's or a fun fair, but yet other sections, including 250,000 children, uh, can't. So I often wonder, uh, you know, do they kind of make this up as they go along? So you have all of the performing arts, and you have dancers, and you have actors, and you have musicians, and many of those students who are learning uh, maybe to be a dancer or an actor or a musician. Um, and they gathered there yesterday. I want to talk just quickly to Orla, who's got Aura Fitness in Monkstown. Orla, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? So who are the only people now that still have restrictions? Anybody in the creative arts, isn't it? Um, Pretty much now. I'm in the fitness sector. Just move Um, around a bit there, Arla. It's a shocking phone line. Do you have a a gym, is it? Um, Yeah, no, I'm actually a group fitness instructor. So um, it's all group training, small and larger group training, basically, that I deal in. So you can't do that. People can just do individual fitness. Isn't that the way it is in gyms at the moment? Exactly, exactly. And I, I think that when gyms reopen, people presume that all of us in the fitness sector... Sorry, Arla, I can't, I can't hear you. I can't hear you unless you can try and move around somewhere. Um, I'll see if it improves. Just moving now, is that better? Slightly better, okay. So go ahead. You're in the same situation as many of the people who were, de- who were discriminated against and protesting yesterday. Why? Yeah, um, so I think people presumed that when gyms opened that um, you know, we all went back to work in the fitness sector, but group fitness is you know, a, a career in itself. And so there's, there's plenty of us out there as well that literally have only been able to do our job properly for about three to four weeks back in September um, and not at all since then. 
What do you do when you say you have groups? Um, so it's uh, either small or large uh, group fitness classes. Um, so I I chose to go down the road of group fitness years ago. Um, just, I, you know, for a lot of people, they don't want to train on their own or they might not have the confidence to walk into a gym on their own. Um, so they come into a class and um, work with other people and obviously with me. Are they um, sharing equipment or is it just uh, is it just the body fitness? Um, no, so I mean, for certainly with what I do. Um, no, I'm sorry, Orla, it's, it's 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 not happening for me. I really do want to finish the conversation, but people will just tune out because it's very difficult to hear what you're saying. So hopefully, I'll have an opportunity to come back to you in a, in a few minutes' time. Those gigs, actually, remember, I was talking about the series of outdoor summer shows in Cork. They sold out like hot potatoes. They really did. The white the White Horse Guitar Club, Ballancolic Regional Park, which is happening on Friday. Stevie G on Saturday the 28th at Fitzcharles Park with a whole load of guests with him. John Spillane and Lorraine Nash at Ballinlock Park, which is happening on Saturday night. All sold out. Machia at Fitzcharles Park on the 28th. Frank and Walters at Fitzcharles Park on the 27th of August. And the sound of Schlier Vlokra at Fitzcharles Park. And then an evening of classical and pop at the Glen River Park. All sold out. Now, limited numbers, obviously. But just, just goes to show these magic nights by the Lee were so popular and people were so desperate. Uh, admission was free, but you had to book the tickets. And boy, did Cork people book the tickets and then some. Anyway, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Just, just wondering if this is any better now. No, it might be a little bit better. Let's see. Orla, good morning. So good with morning. The, so, Sorry about that. All right. So each, each, and I'll just finish the conversation with you. Not a bother. So each person that you would have at your class would be, if allowed, six feet apart. Uh, with their own towels, um, and how would they yeah. would they be sanitizing equipment then, or what? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most of what I do, and and others like me, there's actually no equipment involved at all. Um, and people bring their own towels, they bring their own mats. Um, but yeah, we've we've just had to operate online for, for pretty much since March 2020. Um, so in in that way, I suppose there's no risk, there's no sharing of equipment. Um, it's no different than sitting in a restaurant alongside other people. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, there could be the maybe the the breathing or the the sweater. No, I guess not. In the in the air, no. Yeah, I mean, obviously there is, um, you know, there's a little bit more heavy breathing in that, but they tend to come in, they stay in their spot, and then they leave again. So there's no, you know, mixing. Um, the rooms are well ventilated, doors, windows open. Um, some of the spaces that I work out of, they were, you know, sanitized and the whole area sprayed at the end of every day. So certainly all the precautions were being taken, but... I just think we're one of those forgotten groups, I really, know. to be honest. It must honest. be exasperating for you, really and truly. Have you know, and there's no date or anything, or are they talking about when they will look at it? No date, no guidelines whatsoever. Um, I honestly feel that because gyms opened, that it just, we were all, all fitness professionals were kind of lumped into that, and it was presumed we were all able to work again, but... Um, you know, we don't all work on gym floors. We, as I said, we we specialise in different areas. Are yoga classes back? Uh, not indoors. Um, well, they're they're not supposed to be. Um, so I think outdoors or a lot of people are working. Um, you know, kind of under canopies and and that sort of thing. I know. Obviously, the weather I know. Uh, is a challenge. I <laughs> so. Know. Yeah, I know. What yeah. are you going to do? You know, it's um, it's it seems very. It's, it seems it doesn't make sense then when you have people indoors in pubs. 
Exactly. And I'm all for, you know, other sectors opening. I know, I'm not taking from them. No, I'm just talking about it being equity. Ecuador. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it, it just does, and and I mean, obviously, the dance um, companies and and businesses, uh, performing arts in general, are experiencing the the same frustrations. But um, no, no guidelines. And I've been doing a bit of work online, but there's you know the people that I work with. I suppose they come to group fitness because that's where they find encouragement and. Um, it's not just a physical, but it's certainly a mental health thing for them as well to get out and socialise and, um, you know, be motivated by the people around them. So working out in your TV room is not the same. No, 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 no. And is it true that in the last, say, what are we talking about now, maybe 15, 16 months that you've only been open four weeks? Yeah, that's right. So um, four weeks in September, and and it was a very sudden lockdown then as well. So well, how have you, anyone I mean, that how have you survived? Um, basically, just online. I suppose I'm lucky that um, my my husband has worked through the the whole pandemic, so we haven't been relying just on my income. But I know there's plenty of trainers out there that you know they they have more overheads than I have. They've still been paying rent, um, you know, for spaces that they just, they, they can't, they can't make a profit out of. So I in know. that way, I suppose I'm lucky, but, um, but yeah, it's still a long time to, to have to step aside from what you love doing. And, wh- and what's probably playing on your mind finally is that Ireland is well ahead of most people now with vaccinations, but we're, be- we're way behind them with relaxation, the gui- re- relaxation on the guidelines. Yeah, absolutely. And and I suppose, you know, we have been doing so well with the vaccination program that it would be nice to be able to reap some of the benefits of that in a business sense for for myself and others as well. Um yeah. but there's there's absolutely no no word on it, so we, we just don't know. We don't know what September and October is gonna bring. Thanks for the update. Sorry it's not good news you're reporting on, but hopefully hopefully without too much longer. Uh, you'll be back again bringing people in for their mental and their physical health thanks so much Orla Cheers. thank you thank you Orla Fitness out of uh, out of um, Monkstown Lines open at 1850 104 106 you can text 086 8104 Councillor Kenneth Flynn has shared a photograph with me of the internal of an in, the inside of a plane right as in you know, photograph taken up at the top right down the plane and it's a jammed jammed aeroplane um, it's very significant because this photograph has only got men uh, on board this flight uh, he joins me by phone Ken good morning good morning Neil how are you this morning you, good thanks do you know that this for sure is a flight out of Afghanistan this is a this flight was uh, the photograph is, uh, is from uh, the UK Daily Mirror uh, from a journalist from the Daily Mirror, so I assume it's authentic. Um, I know there's lots of social media photographs coming, um, uh, flying out, and we don't know what's authentic, what's not authentic. But as it's as authentic as I as I can get and verify at the moment, you know. And it's flying around Twitter as well at the moment. So look, Neil, I suppose why I shared it and why the concerns that I have is that you know I remember when uh, the United States and Britain and uh, and all the people went into Afghanistan 20 years ago. I can remember the start of all that. I remember 9-11 being in university and being sent home that day because I was in London. And uh, London went into a virtual lockdown actually right. that, that day as well because yeah. of the threats of it. Yeah. And you remember it well because we're broadcasting. I do. Um, but no, it was everything that, uh, that came after that. And 20th anniversary next month. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I remember the cells opening up in the UK uh, and some of the financial cells for the Taliban and ISIS um, in Ireland as well. Uh, the point like being here that this is today. a flight coming from Afghanistan and as you said, not one woman nor child on woman. board. Not one woman or child on board. Look, the Taliban has an absolutely appalling history of the treatment of women. Uh, we don't have to go into it, but we know there's sexual abuse, we know there's slavery, we know there's, there's child labour, we know there's pedophilia. We, we know that that's going on within the Taliban and it is widely accepted. We know that there's child brides um, from the age of 11 up. And that's the reality of what's what's going on there. I'm saying I, I appreciate that probably a lot of people that are working in the embassies as translators, etc., yeah. are men. But, you know, I think in fairness, we have to put women and children's needs first. Uh, and we have to put these women that are suffering and in serious danger um, in Afghanistan. I think they need to be brought in first into the European Union. But like some, the of, them, some of them are quite young men that you wouldn't think would be working for the... Well, I mean, the British wanted to get out anybody that did work for them in Afghanistan. Right. And that included Correct. many, many, many translators and people working for well, the many army. Many translators and, and, and people on the ground that were, that were feeding them information as well, I would imagine. You know, from what I from what I understand, uh, listening to CNN and watching Boomerang this morning, um, look. The reality is that um, we've had we've had situations in Europe where people have slipped into Europe before uh, under the guise of I'm being persecuted by the Taliban or I'm being persecuted by ISIS, and they were sleeper units for them. They were people that were out to cause problems in Europe, uh, and did over the last twenty years, as we know. Um, there was people based in Ireland that were collecting and raising finances and yeah. uh, and uh, and using accounts and using fictitious names, etc. Here in Ireland as well. Um, I'm just saying that you know we we uh, what's happening there is absolutely appalling. They're very upsetting. Some of the photographs and footage that's coming through at the moment, but I think it's vitally important that the checks and balances and. There I know, I think everybody will agree with that. You need to be sure about who's coming in. But at the same time, you, you can't have... A, this is a big jet without a single woman or child, female child on it. None. None at all. And we, and none at all. And we know at this stage that there is absolutely zero um, respect for women in Afghanistan, that they are the most vulnerable, that they are the people that are, are, are under severe threat. I think anybody that has any bit of a clue and knows about what's going on there or has read any little bit knows how dangerous things are for women at the moment. Um, and I'd look, I just think it's vital that the European Union steps up when it is bringing in people that we are bringing in our fair share of women and children as well. All right, my friend, thanks so much for that. Is there a response to it online to this photograph? Are people freaking out as to why it's men? Well, there is. There's, a, there is a, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of, of Twitter uh, movement around Europe as well, yeah, okay. and there's quite a lot of there's quite there's quite a lot of um, of backwards and forwards. I don't think it's about. I don't think this this particular conversation should be uh, about men versus women or women versus men. It's about protecting the most vulnerable. Okay, Ken, appreciate it. Thanks for sharing the photograph. I think we've shared that ourselves. There was a very interesting article that I wrote, I read about a female Afghan politician called Shukrai Baraksai. In fact, she survived a number of suicide bomb attacks which killed civilians but um, badly injured her when she was a minister within the Afghani government. And she wrote... Uh, a really disturbing article in the Mail on Saturday. Uh, she was talking about, for instance, I don't mean to upset you at this hour of the morning, but she was describing the gouging of a woman's eyes in front of her terrified family. She was describing girls as young as 12 wrenched from the arms of their weeping mothers to become sex slaves for Taliban warriors. She spoke of men punished or even killed for offences as simple as listening to the wrong music or daring to be educated. She spoke of a college professor 
that was shot dead on the street just because he was a college professor. Then there was photographs of, of an article of an Afghan judge, an actual photograph, um, hitting a woman with a whip in front of a crowd in Afghanistan. Um, I think she was, they didn't say what her supposed crime was. This misfortune, a woman who's kneeling on the ground covered in a complete body burqa and he is hitting her and whipping her, I believe, 100 lashes. Um, the big, big worry here is women and young girls because they are not treated equally in Afghan society under the Taliban. They they were for the last 20 years and lots of hard-run one rights were fought for, you know, for women living in uh, Afghanistan after the Taliban were driven out. But they've swept back to power now. And she says, I've been beaten in the streets. I've been arrested three times, but I survived. This was the last time the Taliban were in power. But she says that far worse worse is now to come. It's a very lengthy article, actually, and she goes into detail exactly what it will will be like going forward for a mother, for a woman, or a young girl to be living in Afghanistan under a Taliban regime. But many people have been asking, you know, why, why why didn't the Afghani government fight? Or why didn't their 300 or 400,000 soldiers fight. And I was reading in the papers this morning that they said that the root cause was that the army just melted away uh, because there was too much corruption within the army, particularly with commanders who were getting huge amounts of money from the Americans and the British. And indeed that many of the Afghani soldiers were not even trained in the first place. They're They're comparing the fall of Kabul to the fall of Saigon. The last time Americans pulled up and pulled out and Gave out, gave up in a war. So lines are open for that. One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from seven a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Just quickly back to the letter that the Lord Mayor of Cork, Councillor Colin Kelleher, sent to the Mayor of Limerick, Councillor Daniel Butler. He said, I write to you this afternoon uh, after receiving very hopeful information. Uh, I believe that you have something that belongs to us. He's about 16 inches high, silver, and goes by the name of Liam. Sadly, Liam was lost to us back in 2006, and after many years of searching, we almost found him again in 2013. Down the years since 2006, there have been sightings of Liam in Kilkenny, Galway, Tipperary and Clare for some reason. And now I believe a sighting in Limerick. Liam is a native of Cork. His family hails from Ballygarvan. One can only imagine that he has found it quite distressing not being back on Leeside for over 16 years as I'm sure you're aware and understand there's no place like home. And there's certainly no place like Cork. As Mayor of Limerick, can I ask you to arrange to bring Liam to Croke Park on Sunday for collection? I will arrange for him to be picked up I will arrange for him to be picked up around half past five and rightly returned to Leeside. Many thanks for looking after him. It won't be forgotten. Much appreciated, Councillor Colm Kelleher, Lord Mayor of Cork. And the Lord Mayor joins me by phone. Lord Mayor, good morning. You don't have an end of a stamp, Neil, do you? <laughs> have you sent it yet? No, it has gone in all. <laughs> so, some people are worried. I thought it was very funny and I think it was, I thought it was ingenious. But they're worried that you've poked the Limerick bear now and that their gander will be up. That's so bad. <laughs> go for a better match. <laughs> and someone reminded us that in 1986, when Cork played Galway, Galway did something similar to Cork when Galway said, we only have to turn up. 
and Cork bade them foolish and Tom Cashman razzed them then from the stand with the Liam McCarthy. You see where I'm going with this? I do, I think about the, the mayor of Limerick at the time, but you know, there was two things that happened in 1986. That happened, and I was also born in 1986. <laughs> so I'd say it was a good omen. <laughs> so, so you're not worried that Limerick will react and they'll put on the performance of their life on Sunday just to, I don't know, send two fingers lee side? No, I, I, I would be endeared that our own team will react and put on a performance Sunday to send the two fingers to the treaty side. So you're, you're not suspicious then, no? Not at all in God earthly world, All right. Has um, Colm Kelleher, the mayor of uh, Limerick... Sorry, pardon me. Has Daniel Butler, the mayor of Limerick, responded to you yet? No, but I, I've received confirmation from a spokesperson of the mayor of Limerick that they're, uh, they're running around County Hall above in Limerick trying to figure out how to reply. <laughs> <laughs> trying to compose the letter, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, we'd expect uh, a reply later on during the week. But um, I've no doubt that they have their best challenges songs at the moment, you know. There's a punter message up online, actually, from a Limerick man called Michael Lowe, citizen of Limerick. He says, Dear Mr. Kelleher, Lord Mayor of Cork, I'm afraid your wish for Mr. McCarthy to visit your lovely county has been reviewed and revoked on this occasion, as he does not think that red and white would look good on him and would clash with his silver complexion. Thank you for your interest in his well-being, but I can assure you that he wants for nothing here in the Treaty County. Since you have shown how much you admire Liam, you and your county citizens would be made very welcome to visit him here in this beautiful co- county of ours. I remain your friend, Michael Lowe, citizen of Limerick. <laughs> yeah, no, no, come here. It's, 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 a, it's a lovely invitation. Um, I, I have to politely decline that invitation because uh, we'll, be, we'll be getting the polish out now on Sunday. We'll be getting to bring Liam home. It's a very, very long quarantine now. 16 years. <laughs> And uh, I think it's time now, you know, we we, we ended his, uh, you know, unimposed quarantine. His exile. His exile. <laughs> his, his, years exile. Of, his years of travelling Ireland away from home. So let's say we do win and that your letter hasn't put the kibosh on it. What kind of celebrations can we expect? Here I am now. I'm, I'm not helping matters here. If they don't win, for the regard. <laughs> but if they do, the days of an open top bus are gone. I'm told. Are they? Will we get the la law? Well, look, we'll, we'll definitely try for a la law. Definitely. <laughs> the, look, um, tra- the traditional homecoming of them being in an open top bus, stopping in Mallow, um, stopping in the children's hospital uh, above Crumlin, and I suppose then in Kent Station. None of that will be on the cards, unfortunately. Um, I know people mentioned that, you know, could we put big screens around the park or something like that. And in fairness to the county board and to corporate affairs, everything is being looked at. But, like, if you put a big screen down the park and, you know, it's under the public health guidelines at the moment. They've said no. I got a response from them saying it's not possible to put screens in public. No, it's not possible. But look, something will be done. albeit in a, I suppose, different manner, but... No, I'm just worried because we didn't do it for the roars in the city and I'm wondering, would we, you know... Well, no, we've we've passed the motion in council in relation to the roars. Uh, There will be a civic reception headed for the roars in the city uh, in my office when public health guidelines... uh, Ah, but that's in your office. I'm talking about the people of Cork. 100%, 100%. No, look... You're working on that. Limerick, Limerick, Limerick didn't get anything last year either and I know they're... 
they're putting st- provisions in place. But look, I think in 50, 60 years' time, when the historians look back and when Liam McCarthy finally, you know, came back to Cork, how he was welcome back to Cork during the pandemic will be very historical. So something will be done. Um, as of what it is as of yet I'm still in the dark about it I, but I do know corporate affairs in the county board are working alright fair play I just don't want, I just they'll view us as being very cocky now you know I'm sure look come here, I almost signed it I almost signed it Lord Mayor of Paradise but I said that too cocky <laughs> I, I hope it hasn't put the kibosh on it <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go and die if it does did I ask you do, do you have tickets uh, I haven't. Gotten, I have. They haven't been confirmed, but I'm sure they're they're on the way. Nicola took uh, took the the end of her her annual leave. She's off this week, and uh, the Lord Mayor's office is in the capable hands of Mr. Finbar Archer at the moment. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Lord Mayor's office is in chaos. <laughs> <laughs> well, we well we certainly want the Lord Mayor of Cork up at the match anyway. Of that, you can be sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll wave from you from the Hogan stand. All right, Lord Mayor. <laughs> Good to catch up. Thanks for stepping out. Appreciate it. Cheers. <laughs> oh my God. I'd say there'd be fierce banter now between Cork and Limerick over the next few days because of that letter. It has been delivered and it has been opened and apparently they're running around like headless chickens in the mayor's office wondering how to respond out of Limerick. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Fair play to Andrew and all of the gang at Simply Suits. Actually, I think Simply Suits kitted out. I know they did, uh, the hurlers. Uh, I saw a photograph of it during the week, but they also did a huge fundraiser recently, and Andrew at Simply Suits got in touch to say, please pass on our thanks to everyone who donated to our fundraiser for Marymount. We surpassed our target of €5,000 in less than 24 hours. We were blown away by the support of people and the support of Cork people. This is Andrew and everyone at uh, Simply Suits. And I'll come back to one or two more, but just another quick thank you. Would you please pass on my heartfelt thanks to Pro Musica, Eileen and the staff at Pro Musica for me. They opened the shop on Thursday evening so I could buy some musical instruments. Love to know what you bought and why. Um, um, you know, because I'm just kind of nosy in that regard, but good shop to be buying from. The great pro music who opened specially, so well done. It's that kind of customer service that you want to hear about. But as to whether or not musicians are back, um, it's kind of like baby steps at this stage, isn't it? But at least there is some movement in that regard. Uh, you know, we have uh, mentioned on a few occasions the series of outdoor gigs that sold out. There were free tickets, but they were snapped up very quickly. But there still are sections of society that aren't open. And much for your physical and your mental health. And I was chatting with uh, Orla from Aura Fitness in Monkstown a little earlier on. Dan was listening to that conversation, actually, and just wanted to pick up on what Orla, Orla had to say. He has Warrior Martial Arts in West Cork. Dan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? And I also hear tell a little birdie says you have the red and white flags as well, do you? We have, but they're not, not up in place yet, but shortly now, Neil. They'll, they'll right. be out this evening or tomorrow morning, okay. I'd imagine. Oh, man, yourself. Fair play. Well, what's the deal with you then and the classes that you hold? Are they all online? You can't do groups? Can you do one-on-ones? Uh, no, Neil. Um, basically, uh, we're lucky. We, we had, up to the COVID situation, a very, very strong um, group of students training with us. Um, it would be a family business, myself, my wife, my son and my wife's niece. And we'd have about 17 clubs throughout West Cork. 17? Yes, yeah. We've been doing it, with, um, well, I've been doing it personally, but over 25 years. And gradually the rest of the, the family joined in. Um, luckily, uh, very, very good business to be in. Um, great for fitness and, and mental health, obviously. Um, and unfortunately, since the COVID lockdown, we have not been able to work. We've worked actually one day 
since the lockdown. Now, my son, who be a bit more technological minded than I am, he did some Zoom classes and is still doing one or two in the week. Yeah. But for, for the majority of people, especially down in certain areas of West Cork, uh, they won't even get um, Zoom classes because the reception wouldn't be good enough. Uh, you know? That's right. The broadband Wi-Fi is pretty exactly. rough. Yeah, so our, our, big, our biggest problem really is um, we know there's a pandemic. We know that places must close. But if we could get at least an answer as to when we can start. Now, I've got halls provisionally booked for September, um, but I can't give them a start update and how long they'll hold the booking for me remains to be seen. Um, we should be out at the moment advertising. I should be getting posters printed. We can't do either. We can't put things down. Yeah, I know. We're, you, basically, you we're, would, we're left hanging in the dark, basically. You would think that if you were in a big community hall with people six feet apart in their own mat and their own space, that you'd be fine, wouldn't you? Well, you'd imagine so. I mean, if a if hundred people can go to a wedding reception, yet they can't give us a definite answer that we can't put maybe 20 to 25 people into a very, very large hall, it beggars belief. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like as if they kind of, I was just, without wanting to repeat myself, it's kind of make these things up as they go along and thinking, okay, well, all that's across the line, but they forget the likes of you or fitness instructors like Orla. Uh, and anybody in, we're talking about, you know, people within the performing arts in general. When exactly. you, you know, warrior martial art, like what do you treat, what do you tre- teach, what do you train? Well, we, we teach Taekwondo, um, a slightly different version to the Our Olympic uh, Hero. Um, Jack that's called double Yes, that's called WTF style Taekwondo. We teach what's called ITF style te- Taekwondo, which I suppose would be more in the lines of a karate take, but, but with more kicks involved. Uh, we don't use the body protection like you see in the Olympics. It, it's um, that's actually a, a newer version. Okay. We're teaching the, the original style, so to speak. Taekwondo is that for fitness or defence or both? Uh, both, both, and, and very good for coordination and balance and so on as well. Um, we have classes basically for kids aged four years up to and including adults. And also great for posture, great for bone structure, keeps you fitter, straighter, living longer, and good for mental health. Staves off dementia. Exactly, exactly. And also That's what they say for, anyway. That's what very they say. Good for, very good for children as well, for a little bit of discipline. We, we make the castles a bit of fun as well, obviously. But there's a little bit of uh, discipline involved, balance, coordination and so on. So it's a lot more than just punching and kicking, you know. Um, and when they go for their different coloured uh, martial arts exams, different coloured belts, they have to learn a bit of the history of the martial art as well. So it helps them to, to uh, settle down and study a little bit as well, you know. Yeah, not, not everybody is into contact sports. Not everybody's into music or learning an instrument there's something for everybody and we need to try and get them back you know exactly I mean they would be contacting our sport if the student wishes no I'm talking about team sports for instance with a ball oh yes no 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 Um, no, I mean a huge amount of people would not be into football rugby soccer and so on it's just not their thing and and fair enough you know everybody has their own idea of what they'd like to yeah, do that's very tough. And obviously people will come and go and, and whatever but our, our main problem is like we haven't worked in Jesus, over a year and a half um, as I said, it was our full-time business. Um, we're left hanging out on the limb. We're not being told when we can start. Even if they came out this minute and said, you can't start until January next year, at least we had a date to start. W- was your business supported through all that? Well, we, we were getting the PUP payment. Yeah. That's as much as we're getting. Yeah. Nothing else? Nothing else, nothing whatsoever, no. You got none of the business support grants? No, no, and not, nor will we. No. No, no. Listen, it's tough on you. It really and truly is. Can I just ask you? Can I just ask you something? Because I've been following the Jack Woolley story, and, and you just mentioned that a while ago. And the papers were were suggesting earlier in the week that he was saying that 
of course, he is um, an expert in Taekwondo, but he wouldn't oh, use... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and an all-round great guy. Uh, and he, the papers were suggesting that he said he wouldn't use his martial, martial arts training to defend himself in the situation where he was mugged. But then it transpired in the last 24 hours that he got a punch into the face by some guy who was wearing a ring and it smashed his lip and blood went everywhere and maybe he was caught by surprise. An awful thing to happen to him. The photographs are shocking. What is the rule with regards to, say, Taekwondo? Can you, well, well, could, should you use it to defend yourself against gorriers or thugs or people who try to attack you? I would suppose um, different instructors would have different takes on it. Um, our take on it would be, if you can run away or talk yourself out of a situation, do. If you can't and you're put in a situation where you have to defend yourself, by all means, use it. By all means, use it as a last defence. As a last defence, if you can talk your way out of a situation or, to be honest, if you can leg it down the street uh, without somebody catching up with you, do that. Don't don't be brave because you might have several black belts that doesn't make you a superhero. Yes, yeah. So get away from the situation is the first advice. It would be. Would, would, would doubt, somebody yeah. warn somebody that they have a martial arts? Um, yeah, that can be as negative as positive. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. I suppose it will be down to an individual situation. If you warn somebody you have a martial art, it may just egg, egg them on more. Gotcha, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then on the other side of the kite, it may also make them back down. It, I suppose each situation would be totally different. So you, you couldn't make a definite call on that un- until the situation was happening, if you know what I mean. But it's something you discuss in training and in learning. Oh God, yes. Without a doubt we do. And, and like we do teach self-defense and... and we hope that any of our students, including ourselves, would never have to use it, but at least that you've been taught it and you may just do enough to be able to subdue your attacker or get out of a, yes. a, a tight grip hold or something and get away. We don't say, you know, stand out in the middle of the street and put your fists up because that's basically asking for trouble. But if you do get in a situation and there is no escape or no talking way out of it, then by all means, use your skill any yeah. way you can. And would, would you give the same advice if they were coming up against somebody with a knife? Uh, well, I suppose it depends on their intention. With a knife, uh, if someone comes up with you with a knife and asks for your mobile phone, give them the mobile phone. Yeah. Because at yeah, the end of the day, yeah. uh, if you can defend yourself, even against a knife, you, you're going to get caught anyway. Yeah. And just in the world that we live in now, do you find that as many of your classes are young boys as young girls? Um, it would be leading more towards uh, girls, I think, at the moment. Now, we would have okay. a, a very big mixture at one stage, and, and sometimes it varies from area to area. So, of course, with a lot of kids, if, if we say two boys, for example, take up Taekwondo in one of our clubs, then maybe five more of their friends will take it up as well. The same thing could apply if two or three girls take it up, five or six more of their friends could take it. It, it, it varies a lot, you know. And would you say that many of the girls are encouraged by their parents to take up Taekwondo? Oh, they would indeed, and we'd also be invited into quite a few um, secondary schools and primary schools. But secondary schools in particular, um, normally would transition your students, be it um, an all-girls school or an all-boys school or mixed school, and just to teach them maybe a six-week course of basic self-defense. And that's important for them and it's important for peace of mind for their parents that they have some kind of skills in the world we live in now. Yes, and it also gives the person... um, I think it makes them walk with... with, um, with a purpose, so to speak. So if they're out and about, uh, they're not walking with their heads down and, and looking shy and timid. Um, it gives them that bit more... Confidence. Does Taekwondo t- teach kids to get their heads out of their mobile phones? 
We'd hope it. Um, it doesn't always work. <laughs> to look up and look at the sky and look at the buildings and people around you? <laughs> well, we always say to young or old, you know, if you're walking down the street, whether you're on your own or with your mum or dad, hold your head up high. Don't, don't be snooping your shoulders. Don't, don't have your hoodie pulled up over your head. No, have you walked past a bus? Have you walked past a bus shelter recently and see the people in bus shelters? All heads down, stuck on their phones. Oh, my God. I think it's part of the culture we live in out oh, unfortunately, Lille. But sure, look, you know, if they get a little bit of exercise at least, no matter what it is, you know, it's, it has to be good for them. Good stuff. Listen, Dan, great chatting to you. Congratulations on 17 martial arts courses. And may you have many more and may you have them open soon. All right, get those flags Thank up. Thank you very much. Cheers, we take care. Be, All Thank the you. best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 1850-104-106. And between now and midday, a €200 Euro Sports Direct gift card plus a Cork jersey to wear with pride across the week and indeed on Sunday, courtesy of ourselves and Sports Direct. Sports Direct stores located in Ballancolic, Blackpool, Bandon, Mallow and Middleton. So call her 10 when you hear this. I need to get a flag for my own car. Maybe two for each back window. Anyway, €200 Euro Sports Direct gift card plus the Cork jersey sometime between now and midday. Ah, yeah, the critics, they're always there. My photograph up on my Instagram page of my fish finger sandwich is coming in for some criticism, lads. I forgot to tell you as well that a side order of baked beans also has to be involved. And if you want to be very, very adventurous, you can lather or slather or smather or whatever the word is, the baked beans, on top of the sandwich and then close it. But the criticism has to do with my buttering skills, apparently. I'm told that the buttering department needs a bit more, needs a bit more work unless you like lumps of butter on your bread. My defense of that is that the feckin' bread was fine and fresh, too fresh, and the butter was directly out of the fridge. Why do we keep butter in the fridge? So that's the reason why it's a bit iffy in the buttering department. Uh, it, It couldn't spread it. I mean, that's my defense. And I didn't want the fish fingers to go too cold. But anyway, it's on the Instagram page. You want to check it out. I'm, I'm not suggesting that you need to look at it to learn how to make a fish finger sandwich. I know you know how to do that stuff. Anyway, uh, a lot of text on different things. You need to worry. You need to just be aware of this because I, I really don't go through bank statements. And you know how banks don't even really send bank statements anymore now? You have to go way out of your way to check them online or what have you. So God knows how many times you've tapped something twice and you've paid for it twice. Anyway, the point I'm making is, I just wanted to warn people about tapping their bank cards when making a purchase. I bought some groceries last week. Uh, I tapped my card, picked up the groceries and went to walk away. The assistant called me back and said it didn't go through. I apologized. A staff member came to my assistance and told me to tap my card again. I did this the second time. He said, no, it didn't go through. You'll have to insert it. So this is the third time now. I said, okay, I inserted my card. The transaction went through and I took a receipt. When I went home, I checked my bank details to discover I had been charged twice. Rang the store, spoke to the manager, told him the story. His response was, I can't do anything about that. You'll have to wait until it goes back into your account. I had to wait six days before I went back into my account. Um, If I had spent 50 euro in the store, it would have cost me 100 And I have to wait a week before I'll be returned. So please warn people of this. If I didn't check my bank, I would never have known. 
Keep up the good work, says Tricia. Now, that's bizarre on a load of different levels, particularly the likes of me who don't check statements to see. I mean, I check visa bills and stuff like that because it comes in the post and what have you. But let's say you hadn't said it, um, you know, that you, let's say you hadn't checked your bank account and had never said it. Would the money have come back automatically anyway? Would there be a system in place where it would have known that you paid the same thing twice and you would have been automatically refunded? Or did you only get it back because you brought it to the attention of the shop? Anyway, bear that in mind because it happens to all of us. Sometimes it can, have to, it can be to do with broadband or it can be to do with your card or whatever. But sometimes we have to tell. I mean, it's happened to me. No, sorry, that didn't work. Will you do it again? And just one final one. Eileen was in touch to say, um, did you hear about the baby that was left in the graveyard all night in Tralee? Terrible behaviour. Yes, I did. And apparently a passerby at two o'clock in the morning heard the little baby crying in the graveyard in Tralee. Awfully, awfully sad that somebody would be driven to doing something like that for whatever reason. You talk about babies in, in graveyards. About three or four weeks ago, I went to visit baby John in Carsevine graveyard for the first time ever. Baby John was the Kerry baby who was body washed up on White Strand back in 1984. I am open to correction, but I believe it was 84. Uh, and poor little baby John, who was named John actually by the undertaker, gave him the name of John and paid for him, put a little grave and a small little headstone to him in Cahar Sabine Graveyard. So, so sad. Um, poor baby stabbed 37 times and nobody knows whose baby it was or the circumstances that led to his death and being thrown in the water. But if baby John were alive now, He'd be 37 years old. He's got a tiny little grave and a small little headstone. All it says is, I am John, the Kerry baby. And the date um, of his, the date that he was found. He'd be 37 if he were alive today. Lines open at one 106 Back to the phone lines we go and then we'll do a lash of text and what have you like that. Okay, so uh, four isn't working for me. My apologies for, for phones this morning. I think um, we were having issues for the last few days. But we'll plough on. It's a live programme. What can you do? Anne-Marie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. With so many businesses closed or curtailed, particularly when it comes to, uh, say, for instance, the performing arts and indeed physical uh, aspects yeah. of life, you know, whether it's group classes or, you know, training, um, they remain closed and at a time really when we probably need it for our mental, physical health more than ever. You wanted to pick up on obesity at an all-time high, wasn't it? You have, uh, you're a slimming work consultant, right? Um, well, I'm actually, I'm a district manager, but I had my own group in Cork and Douglas for six years. Oh, so, so you're high up in Slimming um, World then, in fairness. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm high up, I wouldn't, but no, you know, I have, uh, My son Rose. is high up in the bank. Anyway, so our <laughs> clinics, are they running so what we have in place at the moment is a venue and virtual service, which is where members can come. Um, obviously, it's our, our COVID safe groups at the moment. They can come and weigh in and they love the accountability of, you know, standing on the scales. But our um, sit down group, then image therapy, where we give members support, where they give each other support, that's online. So we're using Zoom for that at the moment. And are people struggling because of the change? People are struggling, yeah, exactly. Like, they just want to... The whole reason Slimming World is so amazing is because people get to come in, sit down with people who are on the same journey as them, you know, have a cup of tea and just get the support and guidance that they need. And unfortunately, as much as a screen is a temporary solution at the moment, it's just not the same, you know. Um, 
can remember that are struggling. And as you were just saying there, you know, obesity at an all-time high, we have people coming to our groups who have never, ever struggled at their weight, ever. And just due to COVID, due to so many lifestyle changes, they are struggling now. And obesity so, has tripled since absolutely. the mid-70s. Uh, they say the yeah. 40% of adults over 18 um, yeah. are overweight. And I think that's probably an underestimation, but that's what they're saying statistically. Well, you're probably talking, um, you know, there's so many people obese now and the difference between overweight and obese is when somebody is obese, their health is can be severely affected, you know, in many different ways. So that's the issue now, you know, over people being overweight has been a problem for a very long time, as we know. And getting worse, and much of it's to do with, the, with yeah. the food that we're eating. Incidentally, yeah. you talk about diets. Uh, they say that the healthiest diet in the world is the Japanese diet. They are the skinniest nation on the planet, apparently. Apparently. And again, are they having fish finger sandwiches? Need, <laughs> but that, but that's only a treat now. I mean, I don't. I know, but listen, you can I have can't... a fish finger sandwich, no bother, on the Slimming World Plan, no problem, <laughs> no problem is, at all. But are I they called sins? Then are they? Buttering skills as well. What is it? Are they called sins? Oh, you're having to go with my buttering skills. That <laughs> feckin' butter was hard. What am I going to do? It's not out to the edge. I can't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> It tasted fine by me, believe me. Oh, well, that's good. That's all that matters. But yeah, it would be perfectly fine on on our plan. Anyway. Would you call you know? a fish finger sandwich with ketchup a sin then? One of your sins? It depends, because if you're having wholemeal bread, you can have that as part of the plan. Um, and the fish fingers would be a couple of sins, but they're filling and tasty, so it's perfectly fine to use and have them on the plan. No problem at all. Nothing's off limits. Nothing at all. <laughs> I tell you something, I've been watching the tennis out of America at the moment. I was watching Cincinnati yesterday and they have crowds at the tennis. Forgive me for saying this, but the vast majority of the people sitting watching the tennis are fat. I don't like that word, but yeah, um, look, it's, it's, it's something that a lot of people are struggling with. And, you know, definitely over the past year and a half, you know, like people who rely on the gym, for example, for their just their routine. If your routine at all is broken, it can just send you into a place that is just so hard. You struggle with your weight, your fitness, everything. I know. I know. And no, I'm just talking just so about. I'm, I'm, is, is that a bad yeah. word? That three-letter word now. I get criticised for using I, it. Is it? Yeah, I don't because I, I, I don't mean like to be abusive. Person. Does it come across as abusive? Be honest. I don't like it. Be honest. Be honest. I, d- I don't like that word, no. Like, I wouldn't let my kids say that word. Like, not that I wouldn't let them say it, but if they say that word, I'll just tell them it's not a very nice word, you know. Um, just probably my own personal reasons, you know, from being overweight as a, as since I was a kid and yeah. stuff. So, yeah. I just I just don't really um, like okay. it. Okay. I'll okay. be honest. Because okay. <laughs> I was watching it yesterday, and the most bizarre thing was happening, because the crowds were at the tennis, and there was these people running up and down the steps all of the time and I was saying what are they doing with these brown bags it turned out that they were delivering I imagine McDonald's or maybe Burger King to the wow. supporters in the crowd that people were ordering on their yeah so people were ordering on an app right and then they were having their fast food delivered to their seat maybe it's a treat for them I don't know but it says a lot doesn't it 
Yeah, it does. And like I, I live in the country, so we, we can't get food delivered. And it's probably, you know, it's, it's a good thing because I don't know if I lived in the city, it might, I don't know, I might be a bit You do a wreck with Deliveroo, so, yeah. Well, I probably, I, I hope I wouldn't because uh, I'd like to try and stay healthy. But um, yeah, it is just so easy now. Like life has changed so much. You know, everything is jobs or sedentary. For uh-huh. myself even, I'm sitting at a desk most of the day. Oh, yeah. You know, in our cars all the time. As you said, you can get food delivered to you so easily now everything so that's why obesity is at an all-time high as well is because you know like years ago people would have been out i remember even my own parents saying they to walk to work you know there was hardly any maybe hardly any buses they didn't have a car and um, whereas now well, kids weren't driven cars. to kids weren't driven to school as such kids and were huge, now there might be huge long distances in the country areas but you, you know what i'm saying is there slimming world for kids then so we have a program for 11 to 15 year olds where they can join with their parent or guardian, the person who's in charge of their food, basically. Now, it's not, um, there's no focus on weight loss whatsoever. It's just all about education and kind of behavior change. So, you know, they would learn how to eat healthy and, you know, maybe when they're going to McDonald's with their friends, we would kind of help them to, you know, instead of getting maybe a Big Mac meal, um, they might get a, a hamburger and a small fries instead, but they're still going to McDonald's with their friends so they're not missing out mm. it's not a diet we would never call it a diet yeah. and they get a fantastic education from a young age yeah. I yeah. always say if Slimming World is around when I was 11 you know I mightn't have had the, the trauma of being overweight as a you know as a teenager as a 20 but what were you being fed at, what were you being fed at home this brings us back to Luigi and La Bella Roma in Yall he says if you want to poison your children do it on your own dime I'm not giving them nuggets or burgers and I'm not giving them sausages as a main course no well I don't, I don't know if it was at home it was probably school you know and maybe when I got my own money when I had a job and stuff probably yeah. just buying bits and pieces you know yourself and just like very kind of little education at the time maybe around you know you probably shouldn't have that you should and I wasn't a very active child either I wasn't involved in sports so um, that can be a thing so I'm very and the advertising and the colours and the marketing and the shop displays none of that helps yeah yeah so I my kids now like they're mad into their GA they play rugby um, we live on a farm so they're out farming all the time as well so I'd be very conscious of them being active because I probably wasn't and also obviously they've grown up in a, a house a filming world house so yeah, they, yeah. we would all eat very well you know yeah and Jamie um, Oliver really tried didn't he he tried to revolutionise how we cook in the home he really gave it a good shot there was many TV series. I wonder if these things have an impact, you know? Yeah, I know. I just feel sometimes with um, chefs like that, and and I know I've had a few chefs in my group when I was a consultant as well, and they would have said all their training revolves around things taste nicer with oil and butter. And, you know, that doesn't have to be the case. Um, But, you know, even Jamie pouring his oil from a height, you know, Mm. pouring oil from a height, there could be five or six tablespoons of oil in the pan and a lug of this and like, and a, yeah, yeah, bunch of that yeah <laughs> he was kind of bash bam wallop wasn't he <laughs> yeah which is great if you're in a hurry and it's very tasty but you know if you're if you're anyway um, you know not active or not watching yourself then and you're having that kind of food all the time it's you, going to be you're right detrimental yeah. you, to the way you, just on the last point you made there before I let you go you made a point there because people are working now from home an awful lot more yeah. that means the likes of Slimming World are going to be more in demand than ever before because the Temptation's going to be there. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, the temptation is crazy. And, you know, you're just to get out of your office, I find myself going down to my kitchen just to get out of my office for a while, you know, grabbing a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. And it's so handy then to just grab something from the cupboard. Obviously, like, you have to be careful. But I suppose the thing is, our consultants are heartbroken that they can't help our members in the way that they would like to um, and also our members are really struggling so um, you know we really would like to see some sort of a change in the next couple of weeks some guidelines some date some update yeah absolutely they've kind of forgotten about us you know well, I haven't, Anne Marie. It's lovely chatting with you. Stay oh, in touch, right? Thanks a million. Cheers. And enjoy your fish finger sandwiches. No, it's gone. I ate it. It's Sunday morning. Oh, okay. It's a distant memory. Right. Yeah. Another, another, one. another one next year <laughs> for my 30th wedding anniversary, I'm sure. Thanks all the same. Take care of yourself. Lines open 1850-104-106. Back on Lee side is the one and only Pat from Eindhoven. Constantly in touch with us, listens all of the time, and managed to get back to his beloved city recently. Joins me by phone. Pat, good morning. Good morning, lovely Cork. I think finally home, finally home, back to Cork, and and sadly, of course, for people who didn't know, your dad passed away last year, didn't he, in May, and you couldn't get home. He passed away in May, couldn't get home, tried everything to get home, but no, no success. But it is the same with many families, of course. Okay, it just stay my own. Hang in there, kid. Hang in there a second. I'll clean up that phone line again. My apologies. Uh, my apologies. Uh, we'll see if we can clean it up. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. And Cork have beaten Kilkenny. Cork are back in an All Ireland final for the first time since 2013. Up the Rebels. Up the Rebels. Up the Rebels. Paddy says all mobile phones in Cork are malfunctioning these days. Any call lasting more than three minutes are often cut off for no apparent reason. Well, that could explain it. It's been going on for more than a few days, I can tell you. But we'll drive on nonetheless. This is what we do. Sorry about that, Pat. Is that any better? It's fantastic. Sounds Perfect. really good now at okay. the moment. Hopefully it's going to hold up. <laughs> Welcome home, pal. Was it, was it very surreal? Must have been very emotional being back because uh, you weren't back for the funeral uh, and then you come back and your dad is gone. Exactly. It's the first time you step into the house. It's like, it's very empty. Um, but at the same time, just, you know that he's still there. I can't explain it any other way. Physically, yeah. you can't see the man, but... He's there. He's in the house. But you were so robbed of you, you were robbed like many of a goodbye. And we're hearing of you know stories out of Australia this morning of families who can't come back. I suppose they could come back, but they'd never get back into Australia. So you know many stories like that of people who really were denied a final goodbye. Yeah, I guess we've just had to say our goodbyes in our own way, and uh, that had to be good enough at the time because. I mean, if you're waiting for months to get back home without saying goodbye, then that's a very heavy burden to carry around yourself. But um, you know, I had a great relationship with my dad, so quite luckily um, I was able to say my goodbyes in my own way. Okay. Well, listen, our our, our condolences. Um, what was it? What's it like being back, though? Is it is it different now? Because it's a couple of years since you were home. Have you had a, a bit of a stroll out there? And have you been I out? I did. The I managed to. I was in the English market last week actually then the last week and Cork hasn't changed at all people wear masks is the only difference I can see some shops have closed down Debenhams especially we've heard all about that the last couple of months but um, yeah Cork City is vibrant uh, I I was in the city on Friday and I passed there by uh, one of the 
couple of bars on Patrick Street. It was full. It was lovely to see. Which lovely one was that? See. There's few enough of them. Was that the chat? Exactly. That was the place, yeah. And there was someone having a pint at Guinness and I hadn't had a pint at Guinness for a long time. <laughs> and I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, should I go in here now? But I waited on, so... Uh, I'll catch up on a good point again and stay on out before I go back home. Where will you go? I mean, I think you've got a longing for a spiced beef sandwich. We know the only place I, for that. Uh, the Long Valley, right? <laughs> Is that on the cards? Oh, I think it'll be definitely on the cards before I head back home. Maybe, you know, on Saturday or so. So a spiced time, beef yeah, sandwich, you know. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be tempted because spiced beef is corked to have a pint of Murphy with it or a pint of Beamish. I would, of course. I would, of course. Murphy's is my favourite uh, drink when I get home, but we only had Guinness over there. Well, don't be postponing the pleasure all that long because you never know, time might slip away. What's it like being back and seeing all of the outdoor hospitality and dining, though? The, I mean, you'd be used to that in Europe, I suppose. Exactly. It's it's more the same as what we see over home. And actually, Cork looks good with us, to be honest. Okay, We wear it well. Exactly. Cork wears it very well. And it's a sign of things to come to, I think. It's it's nice to see this, uh, like these small streets full with all these outdoor uh, and social uh, dining. I think it's fantastic, to be honest. It is. And as you, as you say, hopefully that won't be reversed, that that will be with us forever. Uh, you, you said the masks exactly. um, back in Eindhoven. Um, where's Eindhoven? Yeah. Eindhoven is probably in the middle of the Netherlands. Have they masks or are they all gone? Um, they've stopped the masks now uh, indoors. Um, it's just they're rolling out the vaccines just like what we are here in Cork. So um, if people are vaccinated then you don't have to wear masks. It's up to yourself. And isn't it amazing how f- so many countries are ahead of us and things like this? I mean, do you think it's the right decision? You don't have a mask inside in a shopping centre? You don't need a mask to stand up or walk around a hotel or a restaurant, you're saying. Is that good? Um, it's good in a way, but it's always up to yourself, Neil, right? I mean, if you're if you're a bit insecure or if you're feeling it is, I don't trust this, this is a large uh, uh, crowd, right. for example, yeah. then yeah. you would put on your mask. And it's the same over here, I think. Even though when you're walking in the city, you're out in the fresh air, I would still wear a mask because, you know, just because, I mean, I don't want to be stopped um, trying to get back to work next week or I have to quarantine before I get back in the office. So. But back in the Netherlands, yeah. are you shaking hands or are you still fist pumping? Oh, fist pumping or elbow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a bit weird, but that's the way it is for now. Yeah, because I've seen people shaking hands. I'm not being anybody's judge and jury, but I, I remember thinking about, wow, that's interesting. I haven't seen one of them in a long time. I hope to God nobody puts exactly. their hand out to me because I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> I know, it's very awkward, isn't it? And especially now as well, like when someone's after passing away, right? Then normally we kind of give each other a hug, but yeah. the hugs have stopped as well completely. And oh, it's, That's terrible because I love a good hug, myself, you know? <laughs> Miss and, a good uh, that hug. Wasn't on, and that wasn't on the table for the last year and a half, so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's nice to have you back on Lee's side for a while, isn't it? It's nice to be back. It's great. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Cork is home. Right. Catching up with old pals. Don't leave the visit to the Long Valley too long, all right? I won't, Neil. I won't.
And it's great to catch up with you again. Thanks very much for taking the call. And thanks for listening overseas all these years. Look look after yourself, Pat. No problem at all. Cheers, pal. Take care, Neil. Take care, my man. God bless. Take care. Last bit of business before I leave you for the day that's in it. Let me see if I can sort myself out here with Sarah Murphy from Barrick Street. Hang on a second. Who correctly heard this? I'm not going to ask you any kind of trivia question about hurling or anything like that, so don't worry about it, Sarah. But I assume yeah. you'll be watching the match on Sunday. I will, yeah. Can't wait. Where will you be watching it, I wonder? I'm actually going to watch it at home. <laughs> oh my God, it's so exciting. Well, you will yeah, be wearing a brand new Cork jersey for the occasion Yay. and also have won for yourself a €200 Euro Sports Direct gift card. So congratulations Thank you on very that. Much. So no excuses. Um, we need a Cork victory on Sunday. So who'll be with you on Sunday after the entire family? Yeah, my partner and my kids. Okay, well, have some food in. Make it a big occasion, all right? Yeah, celebrate. You're very good. Thanks well very done. much. Well done. Regards to you all in Barrick Thank Street. You. Take care of yourself. Sarah Have Murphy, caller number 10. You too. 200 euro Sports Direct gift card plus the Cork jersey. Uh, stay listening across the day and indeed across the week for your opportunity to scoop the gift card and indeed a jersey for yourself. Okay, just before I go, um, this um, lovely, lovely giveaway that we put together, I don't have the details in front of me here right now, but I know that we have car flags. I know that we have bunting. I know that we have fantastic balloon displays and I know that we have flags and we have bunched them all into 10 separate prizes, courtesy of ourselves and Twilight News. So across the week, today, tomorrow, Thursday, and indeed Friday, I will be giving them away, just drip feeding them. So I'm going to do uh, two today. All right. So we give away two today, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 And please make sure that you, when you call us, you give us your phone number and we get your full name and we get everything to do with you because we need to pass the information on uh, to the good people at Twilight News so you can go and pick them up for yourself. So we'll be doing them right across the week. Let's open the phone lines now. So this will be two of the balloon displays, the 50 feet of bunting and the car flags. Okay, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Get calling on those. We'll take callers uh, eleven and twelve on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six, and get the flags up in the cars, get the bunting up, and get the balloons going. All right, so get dialing on those one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Our lines will stay open. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.